My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's WNR 171 Part 2. Two. And it's the WWE versus WCW, August 1998, and it's the tie-in of WSCW. Before we do anything, it's the alternate intro. And this one, again, from 1998, I remember when I was a kid. So we're the chipmunks, coming on stronger than ever before... We're the chipmunks. Come on, everybody. Sing along now. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Do, 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 do. Anyway, now the intro. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNL podcast go back 20 years, right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro. But now, with the start of the Attitude Era and WCW still at its peak, the WNR podcast follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WC Sunday Night Wars, so, August 1998. Sorry, I nearly interrupted you there for that. But let's begin, because we've got the five-point system. I'm just so damn excited. We've got roster. Rating. Promo. Matches. And, of course, setting. So we'll find everything out later on in this show. But now it's WCW's turn. We continue and jump ship to WCW. So the last time we left it, the NWO Wolfpack had been formed. Nash leading with Luger, Macho and Sting. Fuck Conan. Goldberg became WCW and continues his undefeated streak. Whilst Jericho kept hold of his cruiserweight title by hook or by crook. Plus Hogan had his eyes set on yet another celebrity. So your current tag, your current champions are in WCW. The WCW champ Goldberg. Your US champion Bret Hart. The TV champ Booker. Your cruiserweight champion Jericho. And your tag team champions are Hall and Sting. So who do you think have got the stronger champions at the moment then? I'd go with WCW. Yeah, I mean, we're Austin and they're both tag team champions, aren't they? So that takes a little bit of something away. I still think they're better than Sting and Hall as that. But yeah, Jericho, Booker, with Brett and Goldberg, I mean, that's pretty low. I've got to say, WCW, maybe, just with the talent on their roster. But we start off Monday Nitro, August 3rd. This is episode 151 from Denver Coliseum, Denver, Colorado. Attendance 7,697. Your commentators, Mike Tanay, Larry Zabisco, Tony Schirani, and Bobby Heenan.
Well, it's the go-home show for Road Wild, and up to this point, there are only a few matches announced. One of the matches that hasn't been officially announced yet is the main event, which presents even more problems for the mess that WCW is in at the moment. The Leno match would draw money, but you need a lot of days to promote a match like that. On top of that, we still don't have a match for Goldberg, and a potential battle royal between the NWO camps has only been mentioned. Let's get to it. We open with a recap of Goldberg's huge 20-second speech and running to close out last week's show. Only see him get chokeslammed by the Giant. We get the opening sequence. And we have Nitro Girls. Yay. Heenan is on commentary to start things off for some reason. Apparently, Larry is in a meeting with Time Warner executives. We get a clip from tonight's show on Wednesday with Hogan and Bischoff taking over. Page and Security chase them off a few seconds later. And Leno Page versus Hogan Bish is official for the pay-per-view. Publicity on NBC is a great thing, but having it announced a week or so earlier would have helped a lot. Here's DDP with something to say. He had to twist Leno's arm a little bit, but Jay will be in the ring in Strugis? Sturgis. In Sturgis. There won't be anything left of Scum Hogan and Sleazy E after Road Wild because Leno will clean house with Bischoff. We get Barbarian versus Diamond Dallas Page. Apparently Barbarian came out here for a match with an unnamed opponent, but Jimmy Hart issues a challenge. Page starts with a singing net baker and a hip toss, but Barbarian slips away for the diamond cutter. Jimmy distracts the referee and the Barbarian gets in a low blow to take over. Page comes back from some choking in the corner with rights and lefts, only to have Barbarian pound again. A clothesline drops Barbie, but he shoves the cutter away again. He blocks it a third time, but Page finally pulls him down for the pin. Yeah, the match was nothing to see, but the ending was a nice idea for a change. I like to see someone just shoving Page off instead of going down, especially when it's someone you would expect to get pinned in a few seconds. This actually wasn't a glorified squash match, much to my surprise. More fake Hogan on tonight's show. Larry has taken Heenan's place and talks about the meeting with Time Warner. Short version, nothing has changed whatsoever. We look at every major match, major, major match, match last week, as this seems to be a recap-heavy show. Travis Tripp, Road Wild promo. Another Tonight Show clip with Hogan and Bischoff coming out to yell at Leno for his jokes. And now, NWO Nightcap. You get the idea here. Ban stupid jokes, Leno impressions. Fret to Kevin Eubanks, Monica Lewinsky jokes, Jay Leno jokes, Mona Lewinsky and Jay Leno jokes. The guest is Hogan, of course. Oh, fuck it. And we look at more Tonight Show clips of Hogan and Bischoff storming the set to yell at Leno. Kevin Eubanks came to his rescue, but the NWO took over the show anyway. Hogan calls that the shove that changed history and threatens Paige a bit. NBC wants Hogan and Bischoff to take over the Tonight Show after Road Wild. We get even more trash talk as this just keeps going. They kept it short this week and only out 13 minutes. Remember that when you see who isn't on the show tonight. We look at Hogan shoving Leno again before we go to a break. Well, to keep the trend going, here's a video of Bret Hart. And uh, we've got a top-class match to start off with. Tokyo Magnum versus Psychosis. Well, this is supposed to be Psychosis versus Disco Inferno, but he swaps out for Tokyo instead. Psychosis is cool with that and stomps on Magnum in the corner, but Scott Norton comes in to beat them both 15 seconds. Norton issues an open challenge to anyone in the WCW for a fight later this evening. Humorous comes out to answer the challenge and gets powerbombed about four seconds later. Another video from last week with Brett talking about his respect for Sting and refusing to fight him later in the night. The promo confirmed that Brett is, not, is officially not part of the NWA. Hour two begins as I feel sorry for the crowd for the second week in a row. Nitro girls in gold. Nitro party pack winner. 
They showed what the party pack. <coughs> they showed what the party pack was for once, and it appears to be a brun- bunch of plates and napkins with the Nitro logo. <laughs> that would certainly make me want to film a big party. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I got. If you got them here for one of our live shows, I would be mental. Go mental. Time for more Goldberg talking. Goldberg says Saturday is payback time for the Giant because the champ is going to enter the NWO Battle Royal. He'll fight anyone to get to the Giant, including Sting. That brings out Sting himself for a show. Giant and the black and white sharp on a stage. Goldberg runs through the goons and chases Giant off as Brett walks out. Some papers are falling from the ceiling saying, Goldberg, you're next. Back from a break with Sting in the back looking over an unconscious Lex Luger. Sting leaves as soon as medics show up. Ooh. Brian Adams versus Jim Duggan. Duggan slugs away and hits some bad-looking clotheslines to send Adams to the floor. Back in and an axe handle to the chest puts Adam down again, but he forearms Duggan in the head. He, we hit, we hit, he hit the chin lock of Duggan before he makes his comeback and crotches Adams on the ropes. Vincent comes in with the board and distraction lets Adams pile drive Duggan for the pin. Well, when Brian Adams is the better worker you have in a match, you're not having the most interesting <laughs> outing in the world. Was Jim Duggan really popular enough to warrant getting <coughs> this many TV appearances? Nope. At least he's only jobbing and not out there taking away anyone's heat. Well, Bret Hart comes out of the trainer's room. He denies having anything to do with Luger being attacked before offering his services to Sting as a replacement partner in Luger's place tonight. Gene on his... Gene is on his motorcycle and talks about riding to Sturgis. He'll be riding all night, will mean Gene. <coughs> we get a video on Raven talking about a lack of joy. Here's the flock to say Sick Boy versus Canyon isn't happening tonight because Canyon is nowhere to be seen. Raven suggests that Canyon has joined the flock. If that's the case, Saturn is in big trouble on Sunday. Raven breaks, breaks Lodi's fingers for fun. Saturn makes a save. He helps Lodi, but Lodi shoves him away, earning a Death Valley driver. Well, Bret Hart is caught in the back with Scott Hall. More of Hogan shoving Leno. More Nitro Girls. There's even more talking as we're halfway through the show. This time it's JJ Dillon who asked to speak to Dean Malenko. Dean says the loss about last the loss last week. Dean says the loss last week was last week, and he's not going to cry about it. Jericho was the better man last week, and if he was here last week, Dean would tell him to his face last week. Now, a good heel would be out there last week immediately to make Dean say that to his face last week. Thankfully for us, Jericho's an awesome heel, so here he is to gloat in person. Jericho goes on a rant about how he was unstoppable last week and says Malenko will never get his face again last week. Dean says that is not entirely true. Uh, JJ says, history of cheating, there will be a guest referee, not next week, not last week, but at the pay-per-view. Jericho somehow doesn't see it coming and says he doesn't care. The referee, of course, Mr. D. Malenko. Well, up next, we actually get a half-decent match. <laughs> and it is Eddie Guerrero versus Juventus Guerrero. Well, he announces talk about Sting leaving the building at some point in the last half hour. And Heenan sounds bored. Hoover offers a handshake to start but gets slapped in the face instead. Guerrero doesn't take kindly to that and drop kicks Eddie in the chest. Jericho versus Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title is official for Road, Road Wild due to Eddie costing Hoover a title shot over the weekend. That took WWE about 10 seconds to explain and also gives us a reason for this match. Why is that so hard for modern wrestling companies to do? <coughs> well, UV box the superplex attempt and hits the top rope spinning heel kick to send Eddie to the outside. A suicide dive sends Eddie into barricade. The drunk Heenan gets in a good line about David Letterman betting against Leno at the pay-per-view. 
back in and Juve's charge in the corner sends him into the buckle, but he counters a powerbomb into a DDT for two. Two. Guerrero's straps, Guerrero straps come down, but Eddie counters Juve driver into a shoulder breaker, setting up the frog splash for the win. Well, it's nice seeing an actual wrestling match on this show, but the booking makes me shake my head. Who in the world thought that Eddie, who isn't even on the pay-per-view this weekend, needed a clean guy getting a title shot? That is stupid booking. Today pointed out that Guerrero's, Guerrero's momentum is all gone now, and that doesn't help. Well, more Tonight Show stuff. Gene is on his motorcycle again. And up next, the TV title, Stevie Ray versus Liz Mark Jr. Well, Liz Mark comes out to what I believe became Norman Smiley's music. This week, Stevie has a notarized statement making him the official TV champion. Gene sees nothing official on assist. If in some comedy you couldn't make up you couldn't make it up if you tried. Tony says you can't fool WWE commentators. So Stevie's obviously stolen the T V title from his brother and is pretending to be champion, but you know, it's WCW. Total squash here with Stevie knocking Liz Mark around like the cruiserweight jobber he is. A kick to the chest sends Liz Mark into barricade and the world's strongest slam puts him down again. Stevie loads up the slapjack, but here's Chavo with a fake notary stamp. Chavo thinks he can make his own marriage license now, and Stevie chases him off for the count-out. The fans sent, spent most of the match shouting about how much this match completely sucked and how bored they are, which is completely acceptable feeling at this point in the show. We get a Travis Tritt ad. And our free begins. And it's Kurt Henning versus Koning. There's a new wolf pack shirt with a red wolf's head on the front. Dan, you wanted one of those as a kid, didn't you? Oh, most definitely. And Henning tries to jump Conan to start, but Conan hip-tosses him and clothesline Henning to the floor. Scott Norton distracts the referee so Henning can get in a cheap shot to take over, but Conan hits another hard clothesline to take over again. Basement dropkick and the next factor set up a tequila sunrise, but a Norton distraction breaks it up. Henning chokes Conan with his singlet straps, and the perfect place gets the pin. Another short match, but at least Conan lost. Yeah, out to chase off the black and white post-match. Well, more Tonight Show stuff. And it is Chris Jericho versus Rey Mysterio Jr. in a non-title match. So we're actually going to get a proper match here on Monday Night Show, which will make a nice change. Shut the fuck up, Tony. Oh, and Mysterio comes in and Jericho takes a cheap shot early. There we go. At least a bit of... What an awful night show it's been here on tonight, I've got to say. It's been absolutely shocking. It is, it's been on constant fast-forward. The, 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 the videos that we've seen and, and the stuff here is, is not been good. But now, finally... A finally! Li- a little bit of quality for Jericho and Rey Mysterio. And what history they have, of course. Jericho taking out Mysterio leg injury at the start of the year. He's returned, but Jericho still, like we said, by hook or crook, Cruiserweight champion. And Juventud Guerrero, he's number one contender, just lost earlier to Eddie Guerrero. So, I don't know if Jericho's got much to worry about. Dean Malenko will be the referee, though. So, that might be interesting at Road Wild. But are you interested in seeing Jay Leno involved in wrestling match, Dan? That's what we've been seeing tonight. I am not interested, no. <laughs> well, we're going to watch it in its entirety. I'm more so interested you... in Steve, Stephen Amell versus Christopher Daniels at All In. I think that's going to be interesting. It, the reason they picked Daniels, I feel, is because, obviously, he's the veteran guy who can lead uh, Stephen Amell through it. But it's good that he's actually doing it. He's been allowed to by Arrow, do you know what I mean? To actually, Arrow. Arrow to actually go in and get it done. We'll talk about more about All In, of course, when it comes. That's the question as well. Celebrities in wrestling, I think, it is going to be an interesting thing. We've seen already on the last episode John Wayne Bobbitt, and now we're getting Jay Leno here. So. Is he a celebrity? 
Well, in in a, from a certain point of view, do you know what I mean? He's there for a reason. Well, he's in Dennis Rodman, yeah, Carl Malone, yes, and to a lesser extent, like Steve McMichael, Mongo, you know, coming over from the NFL, Kevin Green, you know, a lot of guys like that. Mike Tyson at WrestleMania, but yeah. that, that was used correctly, I suppose. Yeah. Heartbreak, baby! <laughs> What's up, what And, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff, but in this match, Jericho was in control, but all Mysterio, they're beautiful. Spring build moonsault, but I only managed to get a two. Two. Irish whip from Mysterio, but Jericho hangs on. And Mysterio gets deposited to the outside of the apron, but shoulder blocks his way. And springboards back into the ring with a crossbody, but gets caught by Jericho, who holds him up for a gorilla press slam. And strength shown by Chris Jericho. Oh! oh no, well, he turns a. <laughs> he held him up for a gorilla press, but turned it into a shoulder. My God. And Jericho now talking. And you got to love him as a heel. He's been brilliant. One of the, the only reasons to watch Nitro recently. And Goldberg. I, I, don't get me wrong, but what's Goldberg doing at the pay? Excuse me. But what's Goldberg doing at the pay for you? Yeah, he's entered in the NWA Battle Royal, but how much of it do we really know? Will the title be on the line then? or And is that the main event, or is it going to be Hogan and Leno? Well, Hogan's going to be in the main event. No, this is a problem, isn't <coughs> it, at the moment with WWE program. It's all over the shop. It is, and of course, tonight's main event as well, Scott Hall and the Giant versus Sting. And Bret Hart, that's something to look forward to. Mysterio dropkick to the outside, and here comes Jericho now. Jericho going up the second rope. Mysterio on the outside, and here comes Jericho shouting at Mysterio. Oh! Oh, and jumps off the edge of the ring apron and just dropkicks Mysterio into Barry Cave. <laughs> and now Jericho is all over Mysterio. And Jericho's got everything at this moment. You know, he's got the ability that we've seen, what he's like in the might, the character... The sky's the limit for him in WCW, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but most certainly he's uh, the most exciting prospect that WCW has to offer. Oh, my God. Talk about exciting prospects. Mysterio there, powering Jericho up with a suplex, and then standing moonsault by Ray, but only getting a two. Two. And just like that, Jericho switches it around. Big clothesline. Oh, my word. Jericho wrapping up Mysterio. I'm not even sure what that submission would be there. It's like an octopus. Well, Mysterio's leg is caught between Jericho's leg and Jericho's holding the other one. He's just stretching painful, him Painful, that's what that is. That yeah, is painful. He's just stretching him then. <coughs> Jericho now Irish whip and Mysterio. Huge clothesline taking Ray down. Well, he throws Ray Mysterio into the corner, but Mysterio lands on the second rope, jumps off with a head scissors takedown. <coughs> Oh, and hangs Jericho up on the top rope. And now Mysterio building some momentum in this match. Maybe he's going to go outside, but he can continue this assault. Finally got Jericho down. The goal cancer ref. Now he's on the apron, and that is fantastic by Mysterio. Well, he jumps onto the top rope, spins round, lands back of the legs first over, and just kind of moonsaults onto Jericho. Yeah, Mysterio. Yeah, but what he can do in the ring, no one else can, but Jericho... Picks Mysterio up. Well, there's one thing he can't do, and that's slide between Jericho's legs because he, he gets caught and kind of just thrown behind Jericho and lands face first into the mat. Well, you don't see it after going for the cover. That's it. No. Well, Mysterio managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Jericho wondering, what's it going to take to put Mysterio down? Slaps him across the face. 
throws him up into the turnbuckle. Mysterio just bounced off that onto the apron. Jericho to drop kick. But Mysterio dodges it. Jericho hits nothing but those mats on the outside. How thin are those mats? Those mats are wafer thin. They're just mere millimetres thin over hard concrete. And Mysterio's on the apron with Jericho up. Hurricanrana's not in, not off the apron, but back into the... And now Jericho is all over the place. But catches him. Double, double underhook backbreaker there. <coughs> Jericho's trying not to lose focus, though. I think he feels he's won this match. And now Irish rip to Mysterio. Picks him up. Oh! oh turns it into an X-Factor. And now he's going to call for it. Signaling for the end, but Jericho's up to his knees. West Coast pop. No, Jericho throws the referee in. Oh, and the referee takes it. Oh, my God, he's out. Jericho saying he was clever. And now Jericho again has got Mysterio, Mysterio dodging it. And he gets caught by Jericho. And Jericho looking to turn it into the Lion Tamer. But here comes Malenko. No, after the second rope swing ball, but Mysterio's turned the Bulls Jericho into a cover. Malenko's out here, counts to three. And Mysterio wins the match. And Jericho thinks about assaulting both of them, but I guess he has uh, a light bulb went off and said, well, I'm not going to be able to beat them both. Well, the title wasn't on the line, but Malenko can do it on Sunday. The stairs get thrown away. Jericho... He's really upset. He's got the mats up now. Oh, he's way for thin mats. Well, I really like this match. Even though it was a different style than I was expecting, it's an impressive feat when you can have two guys work a match the opposite way they usually would and still get something this. The ending ties things up in a Saturday's match and gives them an entertaining match at the same time. You can't ask for more than that. Oh, same Tonight Show package for the third time, I think. We get Nitro Girls. Woo! We look back at Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner talk of his last week and J.J. Dillon making the battle of the Steiners for Road Wild. Well, here comes... What's that, my love? <laughs> What's that, my love? Here comes Scott Steiner with something to say. He talks about having black and white blood in his veins, but something has changed his thinking. On Monday, he got a phone call from his mum telling him that his blood in the body is the same as his brother's. Scott takes off the NWO shirt and says he's quit. He asked Rick to come out for an apology and the announcers think this is a nice moment. Instead, here's Buff Bagwell in a Rick Steiner costume acting like a dog. But I thought you couldn't fool WSW announcers. Anyway, Scott makes fun of Rick until the real Rick comes out and whacks Scott with a chair. Tonight show clip, literally for the 10th time tonight. A road wild ad. Nitro Girls again. Tony promises a bonus Travis Trick concert if you buy the show, meaning the paper will be longer than usual. The black and white corner, Kimberly, before she can get out of the ring, says, and say, <coughs> sorry, the black and white corner, Kimberly, before she can get out of the ring and say she looks good for trailer trash. Kimberly slaps Eric, and here's DDP for the save, but the numbers are too much for him. A long beatdown ensues with Bischoff talking trash and making sexual jokes about Kimberly. The Goldberg chants get no response, and this just keeps going. A choke slam leaves Paige laying. The announcers go into serious mode to talk about what we just saw before directly transitioning into Travis' new CD. Travis Tritt is a tit. We look at Goldberg's challenge for the Battle Royal again and him calling out Sting. Well, we get the tag team. It's the tag team titles main event. 
Scott Hall and the Giant versus Sting and Brett. Hall and Giant are defending. For some reason, Sting comes from the rafters to his old music and the white paint. Hart and Hall get started in a Royal Rumble 93 rematch, filling out process to start, but Brett not really wants to go after Hall. Eventually, on the arm a bit before offering a tag to Sting, but Sting's arm doesn't move from the ropes. Why doesn't Sting want the tag? Well, he does tag in Sting. And why is Sting dressed like this and not in Wolfpack? Has he had a change of heart? <laughs> well, he comes in, clocks Giant, knocks him off the ring apron and just goes straight after Hall. I think there's one thing about Sting, where it be Wolfpack or WCW, he hates the NWO black and white. Nice bulldog there. And the clothesline, the Hall from Sting, and he's going for the Scorpion Deathlock. Scott Hall rolls out, rolls out the way. Now the Giant gets tagged in and he goes straight to work on Sting. And look at the size of this giant compressing the chest of Sting. Throw Sting into the turnbuckle. Oh, and just literally choke slams him into the corner. <clears throat> a third time, fourth time for the giant. And just standing on the throat of Sting. The biggest side rushing leg sweep going. And tags in Scott Hall. And they're working well as a team. And it's good Scott Hall's changed his trunks as well. Gone to the black and white now. He's realised he can't really have Wolfpack on him. Outsiders. Yeah, and Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah he did have Wolfpack. Yeah. He's got two sweet. Mm. And Sting now gets closed on in the corner by Hall. So it's kind of like the same we've seen in WF. The tag team title's on the line. But is this exciting as Austin Untaker versus... DX versus The Nation versus... Kane and Mankind. Yeah, or like the Rock and Own Heart versus The Undertaker in Austin. Is that as good? No. As what we're seeing now? I mean, the giant choking out Sting. Well, you've got two guys that are supposed to be, or kind of representing two different factions, you know, i.e. like The Nation and DX, but the two members of, say, the Wolfpack, one of them's not even wearing the normal Wolfpack garb. The other one's not even in the Wolfpack. Then he's associated with Hogan, who's the leader of the other faction that they're facing in this match. So, yeah. But Sting finally making a comeback. No, gets cuffed by Hall. Oh, he delivers a lovely fallaway slam to Sting. Goes for the cover. One, two. And Brett moving too slowly to be able to make the save anyway. And Sting gets the shoulder up at two. Two. Uh, Scott Hall had Sting in the submission. Brett wanted the tag, but Giant came in to stop that. Now Sting reverses the Irish whip. And Sting with a clothesline to Hall. And another one. He's making his comeback. Here comes the Giant in. Oh, he gets low-blowed right in front of the referee, but the referee doesn't see it. And now Sting taking the Giant out. He just eliminated him from the Royal Rumble. Well, now Scott Hall's got him, but Sting's got the baseball bat. Looked like he was swinging for Sting. The Sting dodged and it hit Hall. Referee now turns round. One, two, three. We've got new tag team champions and it's Bret Hart and Scott Hall. But I don't think Bret Hart actually wanted to win it. The Giant takes out Sting with a headbutt. And Bret's tag team champion whether he wanted to be or not. Let's take title belts. And the Giant now slamming Sting down. The <laughs> Giant just throwing the referee. And Brett's got a tag team title belts. Oh, you are the champion. 
And Brett the Giant beating him down. And that is it for WCW Nitro. But wait a minute. Here comes Goldberg. Jumps over the top. They're going to spear the Giant. And we're off the air. Oh, that's good. Oh, my God. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, That was a bit of a all-over-the-place clusterfuck, really, wasn't it? It was all just promoting one thing and not kind of everything across the board. Well, even that, even the match, the main event, <laughs> it's like the main event itself, if it tried to kind of be what WWE at the time where with Brett and Sting together, what's going on with Wolfpack and NWO, just wasn't done right. And if you're not going to tell the story correctly, if you're not going to, if you're not going to be able to follow it, therein lies the problem, you know. And with Brett winning, coming down, and Goldberg there, this is the go home show for the pay per view. We still don't know what's going on, you know. Literally, the only reason this isn't a failure is Jericho versus Mysterio. It's yeah. another awful show and a good example of WWE's biggest big problem over the year. They kept putting the entire company on one match instead of threading things around. If you don't like Lolo matches, there's no reason for you to buy the pay per view at all. The battle rules mentioned in Goldberg promo and a one-off line from Tony, and that is all. It's a stretch to call Road Wild a two-match show, but other than that, there's nothing there. The other problem, just like last month, it's for nothing but bragging rights. Hogan career does all either way, and he still has showdowns with Page and Goldberg coming up, at least in theory. This was a horrible show, as this all-talk and almost no wrestle style gets harder and harder to sit through every week. <clears throat> so we move on to WSW Road Wild. We move on to WSW Road Wild 1998, a show that is so bad that I suspect the result is some sort of bet. Well, having garnered some interest in the product by having Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman wrestle a bash in the beach, WCW looked to capitalise by bringing in another celebrity for Road Wild. They were clearly thinking that the interest generated by Malone and Rodman, which popped a 1.5 buy rate, and the second largest number of pay-per-view buys in the company's history, 600,000, could be replicated by bringing in another of Hulk Hogan's famous friends. His choice of opponent this time out wasn't a sportsman or an athlete, though. It was a chat show host, Jay Leno. Yes, that Jay Leno. A 48-year-old television personality with absolutely no history of competing in anything remotely athletic. While I'm sure this sounded like a brilliant idea when it was brought up, putting it into practice showed that it wasn't. WCW's buy rate sank back to where it was before and the gimmick main event didn't really add any buys. Right, there's just no gap in between it. The audience didn't translate to people that would buy wrestling pay-per-views. Basically, Leno's audience didn't translate to people that would buy wrestling pay-per-views unless they already did. Road World itself did, never did any money because it was just a show in front of the bikers at Sturgis, which is a zero gate. It has been suggested that Eric Bischoff only wants to do a pay-per-view at Sturgis because he liked motorbikes and wants to wanted to go same with Hulk Hogan so why not we're not making any money but it's something that I want to do so WCW had four years of pay-per-view at Sturgis in front of people who weren't particularly into wrestling and cheered the heel Hulk Hogan like the second coming of the Messiah I generally hate Road Wild so let's get this over with yeah we're in Sturgis South Dakota barbarian with Jimmy Hart versus Ming oh for fuck's sake Jimmy Hart runs some distraction god this is boring Tongan Death Drip finishes at 4 minutes 47. It's a dud. Awful choice for an opening, but no wrestling at all. And what was bloody terrible. And that's Boogie Nights up next. Alex Wright teams with his huge penis. He calls Disco. With Magnum Tokyo versus Public Enemy. 
Now, who the fuck thought this match would be a good idea? The crowd pretty much ignore Alex Wright and his huge genitalia because he's foreign. WWE's changed Magnus Tokyo's name to... Tokyo Magnum. Yeah, clever, isn't it, what they've done there? Well, Public Enemy, PE, oh, Public Enemy spends three whole minutes setting to put Disco through them and finish the match. Why did Alex Wright leave? Why book a match with this much useless shit in it? Why let it go so long? Why make wrestling look this bad? This but <coughs> Disco spends minutes selling a weak ladder shot and two of his buddies walked out in the same match to fuck him over. Rocco uses the lighting rig elbow drop. Rocco uses the lighting Rocco uses the lighting rig to elbow drop Disco through three tables and grunge pins him only for Magnum to look like a complete dingus by elbow dropping Disco. Why not save him from the tables? It's not like public enemies set them up quickly or anything. And Grunge gets the pin at 15 minutes 26. Truly an embarrassment to wrestle to wrestling of epic proportions. Pro Saturn versus Chris Canyon versus Raven with Lodi is the next match. And a pinfalls count anywhere in Sturgis City limits. So don't stray too far from the ring. Well, revving your engine to make you look like a twat. They run a stack suplex spot. Yeah, revving your engine makes you look like a twat. Oh, it, re- it really does, though. They're sure loving the triple threat playbook here. Raven hooks both guys in DT Saturn, but Canyon has the ropes and breaks up the fall. Outside, where Canyon hits a suplex, he climbs a lightning rig, losing that lot tonight, and misses with a splash off it. Lodi saved Raven there. Saturn with a Death Valley driver and Raven, and Lodi has to jump in there and save. Saturn suplex comes Horace. He has a stop sign, they do a horrible miscue spot that gets totally fucked up, and Lodi takes it. Horace's timing is so brutal on there, he basically is supposed to miss, and nail Lodi, so he misses and stops, then he realises he fucks up, turns all the way around, and nails Lodi anyway. So it looked like he turned, but he didn't, he just sucks balls. Saturn hits a German suplex on Horace, and then another Death Valley driver on Raven for the pit at 12.26, overbooked much. Well, up next, we've got Psychosis, Zero Jr., and the, winner <coughs> and the winner gets a shot at a cruiserweight title. Psychosis and Ray had a great match in 1996 at Bash at the Beach. Two years on, they seem to have forgotten everything from that bout. Ray Mysterio has been out injured for six months and is only a few matches back, so that explains his timing issues. Psychosis, on the other hand, hasn't had a decent match since that 96 match with Ray. Well, Psychosis stands around a bit and Ray hits him with a, wo- a world rocket dropper for two. Two. The crowd is bored. They should have been bored earlier when nothing was happening. Psychosis walks in, bouncing off the rope spot, and I hate, and Ray finishes with a West Coast pop at 13.35. Absolute suck. I don't know why Psychosis was on here. Uh, He was horrible. And we get a TV title match. Stevie Ray, the champion, going against uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. with Pepe. Stevie Ray isn't the TV champion, but Booker is injured, so Stevie's defending the title for him. Booker isn't around to confirm this. Hey, this is where the w- this is the WCW where tag titles are defended in single matches, so no one else is questioning it. Chavo is full on nuts now, having a stick horse called Pepe that he talks to. Chavo gets on the mic and says he's the TV champ because he has a contract that he typed up saying so. It's official because he stamped it. Nutball. Chavo demands the belt and Pepe confirms that Chavo is the champion. Chavo demands a ceremonial handshake. Steve last pay-per-view where Chavo quit on the handshake, sells his reluctance reluctance to shake hands. So Chavo loses control over his hand, idle hand style. He clubs away, but Stevie scares him by staring. Chavo decides to run. 
Stevie follows and gets booted a bit, but he no-sells that. Choke lift, but Chavo goes to the eyes. Stick and no-sell. Chavo runs again. Stevie gets blown, chasing him up. Stevie nails him with the slapjack for the pin at 2.38. The move, the slapjack is opposed to the foreign object. The slapjack move is actually just a pedigree, which isn't over because it's Stevie Ray and he can't do it right. Dud. Well, post-match, Stevie calls the crowd suckers and says he's not finished with this punk. Eddie Guerrero runs in, stops Stevie kicking his nephew's ass. That's my job. He leaves. Chavo doesn't trust Eddie. Backstage, Chris Jericho is asked about tonight's match. Jericho says he always gives 100%, but it's a conspiracy. He said he's watching Malenko and won't get cheated tonight. He reminds us he's beat Hoover already and took his mask. Well, we get the Steiner brothers, the long-awaited... Yes. Long, how long? Oh, my God. It's been since February, so we're looking at what, half a year now. Seven months. Seven months. Right, finally, after seven months, it's a Steiner feud. Rick, Skine, Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. And this would be the long-awaited singles match that followed the February Hill turn. Yet, they can't hold off on Hogan Goldberg, but they can make everyone wait for a mid-card brother versus brother match. <laughs> Who's doing it? JJ Dillon is out here to call the match off, though. Scott isn't cleared because of a concussion or something. And just to totally oversell it, they bring out Scott on a stretcher, on his arm, a leg, and an oxygen mask. Buff himself has a neck brace on as well, and he's selling the neck. Oh, Scott has a drip too. JJ books a match for Full Brawl instead, and he says that Scott will be barred for life from wrestling if he doesn't turn up at Full Brawl. Rick goes after him, and the heels cheese it. Well, this is just awful, so we're going to have to wait until next month. Luckily, WCW Full Brawl is our pay-per-view in September, but still, Brian Adams with Vincent versus Steve McMichael. While Adams looks like a star, he doesn't wrestle like one. Mungo's no position to carry anyone. Mungo makes four horsemen hand gestures. He backs Adams up and gives him a clean break. That's how a good guy does it. Tony puts Adams over saying he can wrestle. Well, he's a fucking wrestler. You'd hope he could. Vincent gets involved with even shitter strikes. Forget what I said about most competent. Adams takes it slowly back inside. Mungo talks and then gets hit with a backbreaker. Way to expose the business, guys. Adams misses a knee drop. Can't this just end now? Now it's Adams' turn to run into a side slam. Three-point stance from Mongo, which makes James smile twice. Duggan will be thrilled, no doubt. They fuck up something else that looked like a claw or something. Then tag on an unbelievably contrived ref bump. Then Vincent hits Adams with one of the tamest chair shots ever. For the finish, and Adam stands there letting him hit the tombstone, and the ref counts for free. I've seen better matches between two guys with no ring experience. First training session. This is embarrassing. Just watching them fuck up one thing after another. Adams looks like he doesn't even care, which would become a trend. I can't see believe they would put two matches as offensive as this and the tag garbage match in the same night. It's not even the booking that's entirely to blame. The wrestlers aren't helping. And then we get the cruiserweight title match. It's Chris Jericho. Versus Hooven to Guerrera. With Dean Malenko, a special guest referee. Oh, my God. Well, Jericho's going to piss off everyone here, meaning that the referee is Dean Malenko who hates him. His opponent hates him, and the fans hate him. Brain questions Malenko's refereeing experience, only for Tanay to bitch slap him down by telling him about Malenko's early career as a ref and the fact that he refed on Thunder last week. Duh. Tanay was embarrassing the other commentators by this point. No wonder he has a job and the others don't. 
Well, Bobby Heenan is dead, but anyway. Jericho brings the heat by pointing out he drives a Japanese motorcycle and calls the crowd Weekend Warriors. The crowd drowns him out with revving. Jericho points out he's a true biker and the crowd aren't. He's a heel. Jericho's a crowd that doesn't even like wrestling. Hate Jericho because he's taking the piss out of them. And that's how you get heel heat. Yeah, and Jericho... And this match has been quite slow, so we've had it on in background as we're going through... Uh, road world uh, repeat. I don't think it's fair to put anybody through the matches that we have seen already, but there is a couple that we're interested in. Of course, Jericho Hooventude, and then after this, the NWO Invitational Battle Royal, Goldberg said he's going to be in there. I mean, what do you think about the setting of this pay-per-view? You know, I, I quite like outside shows, but when you put into consideration they don't really know anything about it, you know what I mean? They're on bikes. Is it... Does the, does it work for you or not? Not in the slightest, no. And, you know, the fact that they're not even charging on the gate for this either... Yeah. ...is a... You know, it's a complete farcical thing as well. It is just, you know, a, a clusterfuck after clusterfuck. Well, that's what it is at the moment. Let's see if they can improve it. Jericho went for a moonsault, and Hoovy, I think, got his knees up. Knees up, Mother Brown. He responds with the kicks, and now the Hurricane Roller takes him down. You know, you could kind of compare this to what they do at Download Festival, but I think people actually buy tickets for Download Festival just to see the NXT guys. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and there is other uh, things like that as well, you know, where they put the, the two things together, and, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, so... We'll we'll see if I mean the tribute to the troops as well, saying that they do they do it in arenas now, but back in the day they used to do it on the base, and I think that's quite a cool concept if it's done right and the fans actually care. Jerko catches Hoovy, looking for a, like a German, but Hoovy flips out of it. Oh, oh my God! Tries a hurricane runner. Jerko catches him with a power bomb. Well, deadlifts him up and just plants him to the mat. Well, Dean Malenko is just standing there like the Iceman. Yes, and he has been a great official in this match. He's not put a foot out of place, and he's uh, calling it right down the middle at the moment. Jericho kicking Hoovy on the apron. Oh, Dean Malenko actually suits being a referee. He he does. He's got that uh, look about him. He just wearing a referee shirt. Oh. Oh, hang on, James. Hang Quite on. We've got not... the lightning rig in play Uh-oh. again. Oh, I think Jericho is just using it to goad at the crowd. He was lightning rig dancing then, wasn't he? Trying to uh, get the bikers horny. They're probably saying, I ain't sure what it is, but I'm going to fuck it. And Jericho now with the he ring. got long here. I'm going to trim like my <laughs> bitch. I'm going to paint his nails, boy. And Hoovery now up on the apron. Put a skirt on for daddy. And Jericho, the suplex in. Hoovery rolls behind, though. Oh. Jericho just catches him with a clothesline. Y2J has been one step ahead throughout all this match. And again, great positioning by Malenko. Now only a two. Two. And is Jericho getting a little bit frustrated now with Dino? Chops to the chest. And like I say, we still have enough things going for it. This is the thing. Even though we've not seen people like Benoit recently or, you know, Booker T. Maybe Booker's got an injury, I understand. Jericho and the Cruiserweights just keeping it alive. The main event stuff has been awful, but oh my word. So Woody T for Hoovy goes for the cover. Oh, but Jericho just managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Oh my God, and the Hoovy driver. It's going to be over. One, two. two. Oh. 
That's quite a slow count that Malenko's got. Yeah, but he's doing it for both men, though, as Jericho kicks out. Oh. You know, maybe Hoover was a bit to blame there. He was rolling back with a move, maybe helped Jericho get the shoulder up. Now he gets put in a position, and Guerrero loves using the 450 splash. But Jericho, to his credit, he's up quickly, crunches Hoovy on the top. <clears throat> and now Guerrero's in like a hump, crumpled mess, perched on the top turnbuckle. Jericho goes up there to meet him. And Jericho is one of the bigger cruiserweights as well, but he's still got that speed to him, which helps him when you think about normal cruiserweights. You know, the more technical, the bigger they are. Oh! And Jericho, they were a beautiful superplex. I think with Jericho, you just know he's definitely going to be sank in the future from, you know, just the way he is. He's been a really entertaining character in 1998. You know, like I say, what we've seen. He has been the thing, you know, that's most worth, worth watching about WCW. And it's been the story told from him, from taking Mysterio's, you know, to injuring his leg, taking Hoovy's mask that we saw, and taking bits and pieces of Malenko in his return. They've played out well, even though there's been a bit of WCW shenanigans, it, it has been a great story. Who we go for the cover? Jerko, last second with a shoulder up at two. Two. What's up, my love? Now, Hoovy's going to try to take advantage, but Jericho turns him round. Double underhook, looking for the powerbomb, but turns it into... I think Hoovy tried the Hurricane Ronnie. Yeah, so Jericho moves it over to the line tamer. Oh, that's the balls. And Hoovy just to the ropes. To break it up. Even on his boots, he's got a role model. Oh, I love Jericho. He's hey. telling Malenko to raise his hand that he tapped, and Malenko, uh, Malenko's just not even responding or answering, or just, you know, he's just saying, like, no. No, he said he's got ice cool in his veins, and all oh, runs into Hoovy. He Who was... sidesteps, yeah. Jericho's in the corner. See, Malenko, though, like, tapping the arm, saying to Hoovy, come on, you've got count. Oh, Hoovy's just accidentally slapped Malenko. And Jericho's got the title belt. I think it was a finger to the eye. Oh. And Jericho knocking out Hoovy with a cruiserweight title. <laughs> Jericho slapping Malenko back into life. He said, you're the official, you make the count. He knows Hoover and Guerrero's out. One, two. Oh! Hoovy manages to kick out. Ah! And Jericho can't believe it. Total shot to the belt usually puts someone away. Total shot to the belt. <laughs> Total shot to the head usually puts someone away. Well, I think he spent too long complaining to Malenko and slapping him and getting in his face for it to. Got to keep him down for too long. And now, a slapping contest between the two. Jericho in a bit of a precarious position. Hoovy going up to get him. And Malenko pulling Hoovy off by the back of his trunks. Jericho kicking Malenko. who throws Hoovy into Jericho with the assist. The Hurricane run off the top. Malenko's down for a cover. Oh! oh Hoovy's down for the cover. Malenko counts it to three. We've got quickly. a new Cruiserweight champion. <clears throat> well, that was a nice ending there. I don't know why Jericho decided to kick Malenko, but come back to haunt him. Malenko picks Hoovy up so he can raise his arm. And Jericho is devastated. He's lost the championship he's held, on, he's held on to for such a long time now. Oh, Jericho looking to take Malenko out, but Malenko <laughs> sees it out the corner of his eye. Hits Y2J once, who rolls out of the ring onto the mats and then out further down onto like, where the audience is. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a harsh drop there, but we have a new cruiserweight champion 
in Juventud Guerrero. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match? I thought it was brilliant, especially with the storyline. You know, you've got the Malenko angle involved. Um, you know, it was kind of him that was pivotal in the outcome of this match as well. And yeah, you know, it just all ties in really well. And it's a good little story going on, especially, you know, the history that these three guys are having as well with each other. It's, yeah, I think it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much more to be told from that as well. Now, does Malenko feel like he is uh, getting... Uh, cruiserweight title shot from Hoovy because he helped him win it. And Jericho, you know the end's not there for him as well. Uh, but we do move on. The next match after this, the NWO Invitational Battle Royal. Yes, and out here is the Giants, Scott Hall, Scott Norton, Kurt Henning, all NWO Hollywood. You've got Conan, Lex Luger, Kevin Nash and Sting, all Wolfpack. And in the middle of all this is Goldberg, who is the only guy not a fully NWO. It's pinfall or over the top rope. And Goldberg is 129 and 0 at this point. Bowdy, bowdy, we're getting rowdy, rowdy, James, because K-Dog's on his way to the ring, cuz. Fuck Conan. <laughs> and Sting's actually remembered that he's part of the Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Got the, uh, the red and black on, and it's one of your favourite groups in the Wolfpack. Bowdy, bowdy. Orale, arriba la raza. Me, 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 So pinfall or over the top rope. The the NWI Hollywood and Nash got the mic. Orale, arriba la raza. Rowdy, rowdy. Yes, K Dog. Black, black. Me, 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 me. Undisputed WCW champion. Grand bang. Well, here he comes. Can he save WCW in the ratings war? Can he beat NWO and Hollywood in one match? He volunteered for this. He wanted this match. Goldberg. He threw his hat into the ring. Goldberg is crazy. He has not wearing a hat. That's how mental Goldberg is. Because he threw it in the ring, you dickhead. <laughs> Duh. He's left everything in that ring. Imagine <laughs> the amount of punishment Goldberg would do to mankind if they had a match. You know, poor mankind. He gets speared off the top of a cage. But we're not talking about mankind, we're talking about so W. Hall and Nash are in the ring together. On opposing teams. Exactly. We're talking about WCW now. Yeah, it's WCW's biggest and brightest. Nash, Hall, Sting, Luger. And here we go. It started in Goldberg. Oh, Hall threw his uh, toothpick at Nash. And now NWO and Wolfpack have, like, the black and white and squared off against each other. And Goldberg's just like, you should be surrounding me, to be honest, lads. <laughs> oh, the giant getting punched in the gut. Uh, these two guys have got their hands on each other. Well, there's a few cheers at this. This is what the people want to see. And Nash. Who wants a spear? He's beating up Hall. He's not touched Goldberg. Henning, who got smashed by Goldberg last time out. Well, you got Nash and Hall going off against each other in the corner. Conan and Norton. Who would need those two men there? Who needs them? They're just fillers. And Goldberg smashing Scott Hall. I see Goldberg's going after the black and whites. 
more than like the black and reds. And yeah. I say that, and Nash inadvertently kicks Goldberg. Oh, and now they're both teaming up, and he's going to go outside his edge and Hall. Nutberg just flips him over the rope. And Scott Hall is eliminated from the end of the Battle Royal. And Nash just eliminates himself so he can go and get some more of Scott Hall. Yeah, he went over the top rope, so the leader of Wolfpack went after Scott Hall. So I guess it's more personal problems than it is anything else. Henning's in trouble now. <laughs> he gets speared. Oh, I don't think you can go for anybody but Goldberg in this one. Why don't Goldberg just go after Conan? Come on. And Goldberg now just catching his breath. Letting the other members for the NWO beat each other up. Oh my god, and the giant just standing on Sting. But Goldberg's up. And now he's powering away at the giant, but gets cut off and headbutted. And Goldberg might be in trouble now near the rope. If the giant can throw him over. Hughes chops, sends Goldberg back into the corner now. And rushing legs through with a giant on Goldberg. Heading and sting fighting. Luger and Norton in the corner. <coughs> I don't know where Hall and Nash got to. I think they're backstage drinking by now. Yeah, they, walked, they went up the ramp. Conan sitting in the corner. I think he's just got Goldberg's attention. But a giant is going back to work on Goldberg. And they're going back to Conan. He's like, oh, bald blokes look the same. Oh, and Goldberg just speared Conan to James's delight. Yes, yes, yes. Goodbye, yes, K-Dog. Yes, yes. Oh, but Henning's going to catch Goldberg. On the way, Goldberg's oh, teetering. no. Well, they went off, but he managed to balance himself back in. And now Henning again trying to go for it. The Goldberg just wrapping his legs around Henning's. Oh, and a giant just casing Goldberg's chest with a chop. Kicks in the corner now. Henning and the giant are black and white. Going to team up and then Scott Norton's in trouble on the other side. That's well, Sting the, Luger. The black and whites have got the numbers advantage now over the Wolfpack. Well, Wolfpack using their intelligence, though, they're saying, yeah, let the black and white deal with uh, Goldberg. And now Giants got him up. So Goldberg's eliminated everyone apart from Nash, who eliminated himself. Yep. There's only been three men eliminated so far. Yeah. As Norton's recovered after the beatdown. Uh-oh. Oh. Second spear for Henning. Oh, Goldberg like that. I think so did the fans. And Henning is... Out of here. Oh, by Kurt. And now Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, no. Eliminating I... the giant and Nash. No. Eliminating uh, Horace. Norton. Uh, Norton and Nash and Sting. Well, they've both got. A couple of Sting's been eliminated. Goldberg just speared Luger out of it. And the giant just dumps Luger over the first man he's eliminated. It's the only man that Goldberg hasn't eliminated. Oh, apart from the giant who's in now with a giant choke slam. It's the first time Goldberg's taken a finisher, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And it's, you, <clears throat> you can pin them in this match, but it's like giant's not going <laughs> to. And as if he was the Undertaker, Goldberg <laughs> sits up, <laughs> spears the giant. Oh, my God. Ich mein Gott, indeed. And then, Dan, after the spear, what happens? Well, he's going to throw him over. He no. Nope. He can't get him up. He's going to jack him up. Oh, Hammer him down. God. One, One, two, two three. three. 
Doug wins the NWO Invitational Battle Royal, and he's not even a part of the NWO. <laughs> no, but he is WCW champion, and he's just taken out eight other men. Well, eliminated six other men apart from Nash, of course Luger, but he eliminated Luger before anyway with a spear. Very impressive with Goldberg. Dan, what do you think of the match? And you think it's the right thing to be doing with Goldberg? Um, it's in the in the in the essence of building up Goldberg, it is the right thing to do. But in the essence of completely burying Hollywood, uh, NWO Black and White, and NWO Wolfpack, it's just completely killed them off. Yeah, uh, I think this is the problem with it. What to do with Goldberg? You know, that looks like it's going to be Nash and Hall are going to be feuding with each other. Hogan's doing his own thing. What is left for Goldberg as he's still champion? But I think impressive by Goldberg there, but it doesn't help out the Wolfpack or the NWO. So that's WWE Road Wild. We've only got one match left, and that is, of course, the main event. Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff with Miss Elizabeth and the Disciple versus Diamond Dallas Page and Jay Leno. That's right, Jay Leno with Kevin Eubanks. Nice. Well, Eubanks would be Leno's band leader, for those who don't know. Seeing Leno in the ring is pretty surreal. Leno throws water on Hogan while he tries to cut a promo to the ringside camera. Oh, the Hulkster is pissed off now. Starts, obviously. And Hogan is the heel of choice for him. As with Bash at the Beach, we start with the stalling. Not as ridiculous as last month, though, because they're not gunning for 45 minutes. Thank Christ. It's still a pretty hefty stalling for two wrestlers in the main event. Well, Leno is in and the arm rings Hogan to the mat. Hogan grabs the aforementioned hair to back Leno up. Hey, Jay looks like a better wrestler than Hogan. How about that? Back to the arm and DDP is able to tag. The tag, as does Bischoff. Leno is all, I'm going to kick your ass. Bischoff begs, then pokes Leno in the eye. Leno comes back with a nut shot. Bischoff takes a few punches. They don't look great, but Leno is making some effort. Leno looks gassed after the 10-count buckle. Hogan is in, and Bischoff holds him, but that leads to the miscue. Page is in to take out Hogan. Eubanks jumps onto the ring. Eubanks jumps in diamond cutter on Bischoff. Leno cradles Bischoff and gets the duke at 4.31. 14.31. Not a bad effort from Jay Leno. It was weird seeing him in there. He looks more competent than Dennis Rodman the month before. Obviously, the match wasn't very good, but that goes without saying. Well, post-match, the babyfaces celebrate, but that pisses off Hogan again. He leads his troops in there to beat down the faces. Hogan selects Leno for a personal beating, but Bill Goldberg has seen enough. He runs out here and spears Hogan and Bischoff in one. They run off and the faces celebrate properly. So one awful pay-per-view. So that was the difference between that and SummerSlam 1998. I think we've chosen wisely. Our next episode is WWE SummerSlam 1998, WR172. But we continue with WW Nitro, and it's Monday Nitro, August 10th, and it's Nitro 152. Two. And we're in Rushmore Plaza Civic Centre, Rapid City, South Dakota. You're competing Bobby Heenan, Lazy Zabisco, and Tony Schiavone. Well, it's the show after Road Wild, and just like last month, nothing has changed. Goldberg has pinned Giant to wipe him out as a contender, and Hogan lost to Jay Leno. <laughs> Everything kind of resets now as we're coming up on full brawl, meaning someone should be showing up soon to bring Nitro to its final ratings wins, save for a last one-off show in October. Let's get to it. Well, we open with the opening sequence for the first time since it's been. 
Nitro Girls gets going in the ring, which is now as which now has a huge Nitro logo in the middle. Kimberly isn't here because Paige isn't here. Or Bischoff has put a gag order on the announcers regarding the main event of Road Wild. However, there will be a WCW executive here later to explain and show us what happened. Okay then. Yes, and it is Barbarian versus Jim Duggan. Ho! Well, Duggan spins the board around as he comes to the ring and accidentally drops both the board and American flag. Which, in America, I think that's a serious crime, isn't it? If the flag touches the ground, it's got to be burnt. Well, there we go then. The ball is all in the corner with Duggan firing off right hands and a clothesline to send Barbarian out to the floor. The fans chant USA as Jimmy Hart distracts Duggan, allowing Barbarian to club a Duggan down in the corner. We hit the chin lock and one of the loudest USA chants I can ever remember starts up. It doesn't help as Barbarian pulls him down by the hair and drops some elbows, but it was a nice sentiment. Duggan fly, fights back up again. But he gets kicked in the face and chin-locked again. Another comeback works a bit better with Duggan slugging away in the corner, getting a roll-up out the corner for the pin. Well, it's better than having the face of the fear goat for five minutes. Duggan may be old and hasn't had a good match in years, but <laughs> the fans can get behind him with a USA chance. But then again, is it Jim Duggan or is it anybody that would support America would get those chants? You know. Well, you know, Jim Duggan was quite big on the USA chance, and, he you know, was, he'd yeah. come out with a flag. It no, is, quit, I, I, I give glory. the devil his due. I give the devil his due. I'm not sure I use him every week on Nitro, given how huge the roster is, but at least I think there's the idea there. Well, post-match humorous comes out to help beat up Duggan, but Meng makes another save. Barbarian, Morris, Hart, Duggan, and Doug Dillinger all get the Togan death grips. Ming versus Goldberg for the title later tonight. Oh my God, the Tongan death grip versus the spear later. I mean, I don't know what move is more dangerous. Well, we look at what happened last week, including, it's not a great week to be fair, including being attacked on Nitro and calling out Scott Hall as the attacker on Thunder. The Battle Royal elimination is ignored. He just got dumped straight out, didn't he, with a spear by Goldberg and then Giant just tossed yep. him off. Yeah. Well, here's Luger with something to say. He names Bret Hart as another one of the attackers from last week. And isn't leaving without a match against Brett. This brings out Hart, who calls Luger a liar because he was nowhere near Luger last week. Maybe Luger should say it was four guys or six guys. Dig at Sean's Marine story. Yeah, Sean Michaels famously said that he got beaten up by nine guys outside the bar. It was only, I think, one or three was the final number. But he's not getting a shot without earning it. Brett says that Luger's real problem is jealousy with Brett's relationship with Sting at the top of the list. Luger says the only thing he's jealous of might be that US title, so how about a shot tonight? Brett quickly agrees and Gene is thrilled. Right, can I, one thing about the Brett and Sting story that I'm confused with is there might be respect there, but is there really a relationship? Because Brett has been kind of WWF's own man for the past what, 15 years, you know, 20 years. Sting exactly the same with WWF, so they've been nowhere near each other. I'm not going to argue, we get a quick look at the TV title match from Saturday. And up next is Eddie Guerrero versus Tokyo Magnum. Well, that's the schedule match, at least, as we get Disco and Alex Wright in his gigantic penis. Before Eddie comes out, Alex yells at Tokyo and tells him to commit Hakira, meaning suicide. No, Harry Carey. Harry, Harry Carey? Yeah. You seem to know this. Have you ever... <laughs> well, it doesn't actually mean suicide. It is actually the art of uh, if you put your sword handle in the ground and fall onto it. That's Harry Carey. Well, there we go, then. Uh, Disco says Tokyo needs to win if he wants to stay with them or he's out. Eddie takes over quickly to start with a close on the corner and a tilt world backbreaker for two. Two. A slam sets up the fogs in. It may be a minute. We get steals of Canyon versus Saturn versus Raven from Saturday. And then we get Saturn versus Canyon. 
This is a result of Canyon not showing up for some tag matches. Canyon charges at Saturn but gets suplexed down with ease. And STO puts Canyon on the mat again and Saturn fires off kicks in the corner. Canyon comes back with a right hand, gets two, two off of something like a Mishinoku driver. A face-first electric chair slam gets two more two. for Canyon and an elbow to the jaw puts Saturn down again. Saturn quickly breaks out of a sleeper and puts one of his own, only to have to counter a belly-to-back suplex into a cover for two. Two. Well, Canyon grabs the sleeper again, takes Saturn down for two arm drops. Two. After breaking the hole, Saturn drops Canyon throat first to the top rope for catching him in a T-bone suplex. Russian leg sweep from Canyon puts both guys on the mat. Bets Canyon up first with a net breaker out the corner for two. Two. Doesn't like being in trouble, so he crotches Canyon on top and hooks the top rope head and arm suplex. He's loaded for distraction, allowing Raven to come in and DDC Saturn giving Canyon the pin. Well, Canyon continues to entertain, which makes me all the more curious to see how they'll screw him up. At least it seems like we're getting somewhere with this story. As it's been going on for months now, these two, two work well together, which doesn't surprise me given how similar their styles were at times. Well, Ming beats up more security. They did a decent job at building them as well, the one-off challenger here tonight. More Nitro Girls. We see the grand prize Nitro Party winners, the Nitro Girls and Jean, who is shit-faced, will be at their high school in three weeks. And we get Sick Boy versus Mongo McMichael. Well, Michael's goes after Sick Boy before the bell, but Lodi gets in some cheap shots to let Sick Boy take over. The match starts without a bell as Sick Boy hits a springboard dropkick and back elbow for two each. Two, two. Sick Boy is a good-sized guy, so there's some impressive moves. Mongo comes back with a clothesline and a tilt-world slam, but hits his head while trying a three-point charge. The cure, pedigree, is countered, and Mongo tombstones him down for the pin. As hour number two begins, two. here's the black and white as always. Hogan is all smiles because nothing bad ever happens to him. That's one of the major problems, major problems, with WCW around. Hogan doesn't care if he wins or loses and just goes on to whatever his next feud was. If he never gets his comeuppance, why should I care about what he does next? Exactly. And Hogan says that Leno is done, so now he wants the world title back. He's beaten everyone in the world and there's no one that can beat him. So he wants his title shot sooner than later. Eric says that since Meng has enjoyed so many security guards, the NWO will provide security in the title match tonight. Well, for all of you people wondering if you should change over to Raw, the announcers have a three-minute chat about the world title match tonight. Around this time on Raw, Mankind was confronting Vince and Kane about a massive conspiracy involving Undertaker. WCW counters with an announcement. The Wolfpack will also provide security because apparently they have that authority. That's enough talking, though, and it's time for a commercial. My goodness, this company makes me shake my head. Whoa. Well, up next, TV title, Chava Guerrero versus Stevie Ray. Chava is worried because he can't find Pepe. Jerko pops up on the stage with Pepe, so Chava runs after him and follows Jerko into the back. We can hear sounds of a beating, and Jerko walks out with a broken Pepe. We have a change of schedule. And for the TV title, it is Stevie Ray versus Chris Jericho. Here we go. So, TV title online. Jericho coming off losing the Cruiserweight title last night. And Stevie's not even the real champion, but he is going to defeat the TV title. So, I suppose it is going to be a match that will be interesting. Is Jericho taking a step up now? Steve Ray's definitely a bigger guy, isn't he? So, the two hook up and the Cruiserweight Jericho is overpowered by Stevie Ray. Pretty much thrown out of the ring. 
Well, I've never been a huge fan of Stevie Ray, but we are following Jericho. I do like the big Nitro logo in the middle of the ring, if I'm being fair. I mean, they might not need it with the amount of banners they've got at the moment in time, but still, I think it's aesthetically pleasing. Well, that's just in case you uh, you might have got confused and thought you was watching Raw or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah what, what show am I watching? Ray in control Jericho at the moment. So, Jericho, do you think this is uh, this is finally his chance to step up with the heavyweight size guys? Well, do you think this is the right decision, putting Jericho up there with the, the more heavyweight type guys, you know, taking a step up from the cruiserweight? I think it is, because if you look at the character of Jericho... We see he's one of the best characters on Nitro, so why can't he be given a chance to try a bit more? You know, like we say, working his way up. As long as there's a chance, I'm sure it'd be fine. You know, for Jericho, he's got he's got the talent. Okay, then, I mean, so so to speak. Um, do you think it actually is a step up? I mean, you look at the quality of the cruiserweight style wrestlers. You got Malenko. You've got Benoit. You got uh, sorry. You got Malenko. You've got Miss uh, Mysterio, you know, you've got Psychosis, you've got all of these mm. talent. And then, you know, now he's going against the likes of Stevie Ray, he'll probably be fighting Mongo McMichael next week or Conan or yeah, someone uh, like that, you know. It's but in, in WSW's deluded mind, they are a step up. You know, like I said, they're the heavier guys and they're the guys probably get paid more. You know, I'm sure Mongo and Stevie Ray are getting paid more than what Ray Mysterio and Eddie Grail are. And that's just a sad state of affairs at the moment in time. It'd be nice for Jericho to step up and show what he's really got, but Stevie Ray booted him in the face and then suplexed him, nearly snapped his neck, hitting the rope, going to the outside. That's it, yeah, and Jericho's just jumped off the top turnbuckle, taking out Stevie Ray. I think the back of his head hit them, hit the corner of them stairs, though. Well, it is dangerous, that. I find it a little bit smaller as well, the Nitro kind of area to go about Raw. in. Oh, the Nitro, Nitro area. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that's, that meant them raw. And now, Jericho is certainly <laughs> holding his own against Stevie Ray. He's going up the top for a second time, looking for a cross body, but gets caught by Stevie Ray. He turns it into like a power slam. Randy Orton-esque, that no, was. Nothing like Randy Orton. You're right. He didn't sexually degrade him at that time, did he? But now Stevie Ray might be looking to put away Jericho. Back body dropped by Stevie. Definitely showing his power. But where's Booker at this moment? I know he's injured. Stevie can just take the title and be like, yeah, yeah, Booker signed us. Clubbing blows to Jericho. Uh, you know, they... they they're not very far off each other, Booker and Stevie. Oh, a night, Booker. Booker, see, there you go. Stevie Ray looking for the back body drop again, but Jericho managed to reverse it into a drop kick, and that sends Stevie Ray back in the corner. Jericho comes flying in with another drop kick. <laughs> now he's working away. Inadvertently uh, low blows the ref, or was that on purpose? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, Jericho looks agog, and he just gets caught with a clothesline from Stevie. Well, referee to finish it. Referee's oh, the giant's coming down there. What's what the giant, giant doing there? The giant has these guys. Well, Stevie hitting a slapjack. Well, going to go for the uh, the slapjack, but gets stopped by the giant. He's coming out here for, like you say, no reason. Not involved in any of the storylines. Uh, today's telling us we're not going to find out what the point is. Stevie just gets choke slammed, but of course, referee's been down from Jericho. <laughs> Jericho slaps him a couple of times to wake him up. Now Jericho. Turns Stevie Ray over into the Lion Tamer. And Stevie is out. So the referee checks. Yeah! And Jericho <laughs> is the new TV title champion. I mean, he lost the Cruiserweight last night and he's just got himself another title. I mean, 
Is this guy too good not to have a title? Well, it looks that way at this moment in time. You know, so popular. And I didn't know Jericho knew magic because, yeah, he might have lost the career, managed to make the television title appear in his hands. And he's still a champion. And, and great. Look at, look at Jericho pretending that he actually did. <laughs> That's what I like about Jericho. The cocky attitude. He's, he's just an hour match that was. And he took Stevie to the limit and got the job done. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? I thought it was good, you know. It's kind of protected Stevie Ray a bit. It's put him into a feud after losing the title to Jericho as well. So, you know, it's it's all good. And then, you know, you've also got like the uh, the open-ended thing of when Booker returns. He's like, well, I've not lost my title. So, you know, I want to go against Jericho. That has set up a good few matches against him. Yeah, I mean, throughout all the bad that we're seeing with the Jay Leno and the Hogan, the NWO things, we are still getting good storylines told if we look closely enough. And like I said, one of them is, of course, the Stevie Booker Ray, Booker Ray, Stevie Ray Booker T, and of course, the Jericho thing now with the television title. When did Brett get the US Championship? Brett beat DDP on our last uh, thing, yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, I wrote down DDP as US champion as well, but we did actually watch that match. <laughs> well, anyway, up next, our next match, uh, <clears throat> up next, we have Liz Mark Jr. versus Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio. Well, Heenan joins us at halfway point, and here are Eric and Liz with something to say. He's the WCW executive that is going to show us what happened in the main event. We get some selected steals, and Eric says they won. Also, don't watch the Tonight Show because Leno is a liar. Again, why should I buy the show if Eric and Hogan are just going to laugh and act like the losses mean nothing? Would it be too much for them to be ticked off one time? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, again, them just being douchebags. Anyway, next match is Liz Mark Jr. versus Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr. No real reason for this. Psychosis takes over the start with a front suplex to Rey and a lariat to Liz Mark. He follows up with a nice missile dropkick to Rey with a top rope backsplash for the lesser known mask guy at the same time. A flapjack into a spine buster puts Ray down and then onto the floor but Psychosis misses the running drop kick and Lismark to finally change momentum. Lismark pounds away in the corner and scores with a tilt world backbreaker. Psychosis is sent to the floor where we see Ray limping. Lismark hits a suicide out Psychosis and Ray follows up with a running flip dive. So much for the limp. Ray stays on the apron for a springboard seat. Ray stays on the apron for a springboard seated senton to a lift to a lifted up psychosis think a heart attack but Liz Mark and Ray get into an argument over who should get the pin they make up and try a doomsday device with Ray spropping out the clothesline for a crossbody but psychosis is victory rolls Liz Mark for two two sending Ray crashing to the mat well Liz Mark stomps on both guys and gets kicked in the face by Ray the split legged moonsault gets two two for Mysterio but psychosis gets back up only to get caught in something like a swimming swinging famouser Lismark goes up but dives into Psychosis' feet only to have Ray get monkey flipped into the quick hurricane or Lismark for the pin. Well, this was a different kind of match but it still worked well. I'm surprised how strong Psychosis was pushed out there. He controlled the opening of the match and destroying both Lismark and Mysterio for good portions. Mysterio's knee is always an issue but hopefully it's not serious. Nitro girls! And we get the US title Lex Luger versus Bret Hart. Well, Brett is defending another match that should have been at a pay-per-view we see in the early going. And we discussed this 
when did Brett become champion? It was on Nitro. But again, it was done in shady circumstances, so it didn't actually feel like a proper title change. But Brett is your champion. He's been over Luger, I would say, 75% of this match. It makes real no surprise here, because there's one worker in this match, and there's one that isn't a very good wrestler, isn't there, Dan? Indeed, yes. And there's also only one Charles Robinson in charge. Charles in charge. And now Brett's got Luger up. Batbreaker. Of course, both these men won the 1994 Royal Rumble together. Both got eliminated at the same time. And Brett's off the second. Luger catches a boot to the face. What's that, a boot? Now can Luger flex back into this match? Can he now? He's trying to get... He's just come out here wearing fucking jeans and, like, Chelsea boots. That's, uh... Wolfpack, so maybe this is like the Wolfpack outfit, you know. I mean, Luger is just so, like, 70s, 80s in his moves. Well, two inverted atomic <laughs> drops, two clothesline, and now he's signalling for the big elbow. But the fans are loving it. They're lapping it up. Oh, no, not Bionic Forearm. Bang, and he's knocked out Brett. One, two. Oh. Oh, Brett managed to kick out. Oh. You mentioned Charles Robinson. He doesn't look a day older than this 20 years ago. You, it's basically, it is exactly the same. He must have a portrait in his loft. A bit like Dorian Gray. It means he can't age. I mean, it is simply amazing. Not another ref bump. Oh, f- oh well, it is another ref bump. Well, Brett is going to flop out his dick. Yeah, what is he doing? He's going to do an Orton. Well, Brett throws Luger into Robinson. Oh, he's got the loaded nuts. It looks like a bit of tape rolled up into a... Yeah, but it's going to have an elevated impact if it hits. Oh, no. Well, he's been counted into the torture rack. And now Charles Robson asking. Oh! And Brett's tapped out, and we've got another title change. <laughs> Two on Nitro. Wolfpack wins their first championship, and Luger US champion. Well, what a surprise that is. But why didn't we have this on the pay-per-view as opposed to... All the other shit that we had, and here come the wolf pack. Donning their new t-shirts with a big wolf on the front. The wolf. Here comes Sting and Nash. And everyone's spanking Luger's ass. <laughs> well, well, pretty basic match, but it was nice to see Saint get some time for a change. And they get the fireworks going off now as well. I can to shake my head wherever Brett comes on the screen, though, as now he's lost his title in his first defence after being wasted for about nine months. The match wasn't bad, and the Wolfpack did need to win something, so I don't have much to complain about here. Well, we get hour three, and that begins, and stills of the Cruiserweight title match. The announcers talk about Dean being a fair referee, even though he helped Guerrero winning the title. That's a quote, not pointing out a flaw. So up next is the Cruiserweight Championship. It's Juventud Guerrero versus Kidman. Kidman is cleaned up here, but UV catches him with a spinning heel kick right after the bell. A springboard missile drop kick to the back puts Kidman down to the floor. Kidman takes over with a drop kick of his own before sending UV back inside for a slingshot ne- leg drop. The champ avoids a charge in the corner and takes Kidman down with a running lariat. Kidman comes back with a short power bomb as he announces to talk about Brett's rematch on Thunder. UV takes down Kidman with a Hurricane Rana and the 450 is enough to retain the title. Wow. So we could have had three over three there. Nearly. Nearly. Um, I'm not trying to find time to find it. Not at all. Hart versus Luger again. This is the match where they could have done something special if they had actual time. But he can't get very far in three and a half minutes. 
Well, <laughs> some of us can. Kidman works better in clean clothes as he picks up the pace a bit. Hoofy's 450 still looks great, but the announcers didn't even acknowledge it to hype the rematch. Well, the announcers talk about Brett versus Luger again. We see the real steals from the Leno match. Here are Raven and the flock, so the boss can beat up Riggs and Lodi for costing him the match on Saturday. Raven goes to hit Horace, but he blocks the shot and we get a bow. So it's Raven versus Horace. Raven beats on Horace to start and knocks him to the floor. A Russian leg sweep sends Horace into the barricade, but he comes back with a stop sign shot to the head, knocking Raven back to the floor. Horace hits a nice suicide dive before throwing Raven through the sign. The big man misses a top splash and Raven asks for a chair, setting up the drop toehold. Stop an invading canyon, allowing Saturn to come in with a death ready drive on Raven to give Horace a pin. Well, the more I see of Horace, the more I like him. He's a big guy, but moves well in the ring and has a good look to him. He'll never go anywhere, but it's cool to see people like this who had some potential. The freeway feud, of, the, of course, continues because we have to go months before getting any real development. Well, the Nitro Girls dance some more. Of note, for me at least, is Tony announcing a Thunder team in Lexington, Kentucky, which means that Thunder isn't selling as many tickets as they would like. No, they're probably going to give them away for free. <laughs> yeah. Well, up next, we have James's favourite versus Kurt Henning. Ooh. And that, of course, is Conan. Well, Kurt cranks on the arm to start, but Conan comes back with a rolling clothesline to send Henning to the floor. The fans chant Wolfpack while Clance back in and Henning pounds Conan down in the corner before shouting that he's rowdy, rowdy. A belly-to-back suplex gets two. Two! For Henning, but Conan comes back with an X-Factor. Kurt finds a chain from somewhere, but Conan takes it away from him and chokes Henning for a DQ. Well, this hasn't been the best night for in-ring action. It was another boring match with a lot of walking around by Henning to fill in time. You would like to think on a show with five title matches, think they were desperate for saying proper They wouldn't need uh, a waste time. They wouldn't need to waste time, but it's been a staple tonight. Well, it is the tag team titles, Kevin Nash and Sting versus Scott Hall and the Giant. Well, Kevin and Sting are challenging. The survey says this is Wolfpack territory, causing Tony to refer to the Wolfpack as the good guys. Giant holds the belt above his head so the referee can't get into it. And that's not too, that's a little bit funny, I suppose. Nash punches Hall in the face to start, but Scott gets away from an early jackknife attempt, drives us in the shoulders, only to be clotheslined down again. Time for the Battle of Giants with Nash firing off some knees to the ribs. It's back to Hall for some more knees to ribs, but a giant distraction lets Hall get in a low blow. For once in his career, Tony makes a good point. Shouldn't the referee wonder why Nash is kneeled over in pain when he turns around? Hall punches Nash down again and brings the giant back in, only to have Nash come back with a big boot. The hot tag brings in Sting for three straight splashes on Hall, but giant chokes down to referee for the DQ. Yeah, disqualification finish, just what we wanted. These matches are getting fucking annoying. This was another match they could have been on pay-per-view, but instead they just threw it on Nitro to fill in about 10 minutes. It wasn't entertaining due to pure formula and cheap ending, but the fans reacted to Sting as they always will. One other note, Tony said the Powerbomb was banned for a few months, which is the closest we're going to get to an official ending to that story. Remember that when they were finding it, so maybe it's done. Well, both NWOs come out to do security on the main. Guys in a previous match needed to go to the back and come out again is beyond me. There are only six guys in total. Those four, those four plus Luger and Hogan. So it is now time for the WWE World title match. It's Goldberg versus Ming, the Tongan Death Grip versus the Spear and the Jackhammer. Goldberg. Look at that title belt around his waist. So it does suit him. It does. He, Goldberg looks the bomb at the moment. Let's see if you saw that. It's fireworks yet. Because we know he's been uh, working on it. Oh, sparkling. I think he's too far in front of the uh, smoke. 
I like it when it comes out though, the smoke starts and then he walks through it and then the smoke clears, you see him walking out and then he breathes out for smoke and then he does his punch kicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he ain't got it at the moment. That was a little bit off oh, there by Goldberg. Uppercut, uppercut. No fireworks behind him. But he, I mean, he is intense. And I mean, Nitro got a lot of things going wrong with it. Got a lot of things going right with it. Like talk about Jericho, all the Mysterios. But Goldberg, they surely, Dan. Don't call me Shirley. They can't fuck up Bill Goldberg, can they? So we've got Michael Buffer making the entrances. We've got the NWO ringside in lumberjack fashion. I mean, what a huge match this is on Nitro. Can Meng do the unthinkable here? Here we go. Bell rings. We've got Nick Patrick as our official. Ming rates to the eye. Goldberg and attacking him. The palm strikes. You don't usually see this. Or someone getting offensive. Yeah. And that kind of level of violence Ming has got. If he stays on top. Irish whip. Uh-oh. Goldberg, Goldberg just... straight up. He ran into him, basically. That's how much power Goldberg's got. to the got. chest, but Ming no-sells it. Rolls out of the ring and rolls back in again. Yeah, I think... And rolls out of another side. Yeah, go out the right way. And the NWO are there. Giant Hall and Hogan saying, you're right this side, brother. Goldberg low with a nice knee to the midsection, but Ming is not selling this at all. And neither is Goldberg, to be fair. Spinning heel put by Goldberg and then a leg takedown. And now Ming selling this submission. So this must hurt, but Goldberg lets go. Oh, runs into a huge boot by Meng and right into the NWO. Well, they stomp Goldberg down, but the Wolfpack come down to help Goldberg or just to fight? Well, I think they're there to, um, I think a bit of both to be fair. Sting hits a low blow. Who knows? It's the NWO. He's got the Togan death grip on Goldberg. It's it's over. He's trying to fight out of it. Goldberg's down. That's the end of his title reign. Well, Goldberg didn't tap out, though. No, he rolled over. Oh, oh Ming turns round into a spear. Well, that was impressive by Goldberg's spear, but w- what happens after a spear, Dan? Well, James, he jacks him up, hammers him down. One, two, three. Oh, I don't know, Ming looked like he got a shoulder up there straight afterwards, but one, three, one, and oh is our world heavyweight champion, Goldberg. Oh, and Hogan looks to be on the prowl with a chair. Sting and the Giant fighting, and Hogan now's got the chair. He's going to hit Goldberg from behind. Oh, Goldberg goes down. Nash in for the save, though, stopping Hogan hitting Goldberg twice. And then Goldberg just ducks out of dodge. Uh, and then Hogan ducks out of dodge, catches Nash, who had the chair. Oh, he thinks Nash did it. Oh! So he spears Nash. Well, the fans weren't that happy about that, but Goldberg doesn't care. Hogan calls the trouble out, and I'll tell you something, not a bad ending show. Not a bad ending. Um, it is the usual WSW mantra, though. There's good stuff in there, but with the bad stuff, it's too much to overcome. The NWO feud continues to go nowhere, and it starts to remind me of the Alliance, and that is not a good thing. It's, no in- <laughs> it's got nowhere to go with these stories. What's the point of sitting through them, eh? What's the point? I'm going to go, down. I'm going to go. No, actually, I'm not. Fuck it. I mentioned the other problem several times. So many of these matches should have been on pay-per-view. The US and Tag Team Marvel, which easily could have been done on Saturday to fill in time and make the car feel more complete. Instead, they just threw everyone in one battle royal and gave us McMichaels versus Adams. Disappointing show tonight. But we do move on. And our next episode, Monday Nitro, August 17th. And it's one, five, three. We're in the Hartford Civic Centre, Hartford, Connecticut. 12,655 people. Commentators, of course, Lazy Bisco, Mike Tanay, Bobby Heenan, and Tony Schiavone. 
We're a little over a week after Road Wild 98, where, believe it or not, the world champion Goldberg didn't main event the show because Hogan was in a tag match with a celebrity. The company is starting to reel from the Attitude Era, but tonight they may get their answer, if my memory is correct. Let's get to it. Well, here's the NWO led by Hogan and Bischoff to open things up. It's partly NWO again at this point too, as we've seen. Hogan says all the fans here are the NWO black and white fans because this is the house that Hollywood built. He's sick of the games with the media and dealing with all those lower-level guys. Instead, he wants Goldberg right here tonight in the middle of the ring because there is no one he hasn't beaten and no one he can't beat. The fans chant Goldberg as Hogan says Giant will take up Goldberg and hand him the title tonight. The opening sequence, which is still the same as it was at the beginning of the year, even the Steiner brothers are still in it. (laughs) We've not seen him have a match yet either, have we? But JJ Dillon talks about this very stupid War Games this year, which is a three-team, nine-man format because the greatest gimmick match of all time needed to be tweaked. Dillon announced Hogan, DDP and Nash are the captains for these three teams. They are the three men to start. Every two minutes, two. there's a three-way coin toss and a person that earns the fall, which can be a pin this year, gets a title shot at Halloween Havoc. Clear it up for everybody. No. <laughs> Clear as mud. But we get tonight with Dean Malenko wanting to reform the horsemen. Nitro Girls! Nitro Party winner! Is there any wrestling coming anytime soon? Yes, there is. But unfortunately, it's Steve McMichael, which, yeah, doesn't constitute as wrestling. So it's Sick Boy versus the guy in Raven's Flock. The in- <laughs> do you want to do it? Uh, the announcers spend the first minute or so running down Raw for the night because it was taped weeks in advance. And their world title match only runs about 10 seconds tonight. That's likely because of SummerSlam and the WWF isn't stupid enough to air a long title match that close to their second biggest show of the year. Mongo shoves Sick Boy to the apron but gets his neck snapped across the top rope. Sick Boy fires off some right hands and gets two. Two. Off a slam. A drop kick puts Mongo down for the same as the announcers talk about Saturn versus Raven at full brawl with the future of the flock on the line. Flocking hell. Sick Boy hits a clothesline as this is almost a squash so far. They slug it out from their knees with Sick Boy maintaining control but barely being able to get Mox. Monger gets in a shot to the ribs and a three-point shoulder block not hitting his head this time, followed by a tombstone for the pin. Well, I miss the days when Mongo was nowhere to be seen. (laughs) You know something? I don't think I've ever seen a bad Sick Boy match. The guy looks smooth out there and very confident in what he does in the ring. But after the flock broke up, he was more or less gone for good. Then again, it's WCW, so not like he would have been pushed anyway. Exactly. Well, here's DDP was saying to say. Remember him? He's the captain for Team WCW at Full Brawl, so he went out west to recruit his first teammates. It's Jay Leno and Carl Malone. <laughs> That's what we want. No, the man wants to take out Hogan as much as Paige does, and Hogan has never beaten him. Page doesn't name the guy before starting to talk about the NWA beating Paige down before his US title match with Bret Hart. Well, this brings out US champion Brett in a Hogan shirt to say quick, to say quick complaining and win or lose like a man. Pay says off him Jack because he wants a match with Hart tonight. Brett lists off a bunch of guys that he's crippled and put on the shelf. But Paige is a scum of the earth, so we give Paige the title shot tonight. Well, Gene brings out Raven for a chat, but before anything can be said, Horace Hogan comes out with a stop sign. He said he's watched Raven's back for four months, but hasn't got anything in return for it. For the last two weeks, he's beaten Raven, but he wants more. one more match. Why would you want a match one if you beat him? One more match. <laughs> one more match. Raven says, fine, 
as long as it's a tag match where he can pick the partners. Horace will have Canyon and Raven get Saturn because Saturn needs to get used to being subservient to him. Saturn and Canyon come out with a Saturn calling Raven crazy. He changes his mind a few seconds later because he wants to smack Raven when he comes over for a tag. JJ Dillon comes out to stop this interesting idea. The tag match can happen, but if Saturn tries to attack Raven, he's gone for 90 days. Also, the match must end by pinfall or submission. I like the fact they make match types really easy to follow in WCW. Next, we get High Voltage versus Alex Wright and his ginormous cock and Disco Inferno. Wright is quickly taken down to the mat by a wrist lock and a belly-to-belly suplex. Tony rips on Raw again by saying, WCW will give you action you want to see here tonight. So far, we've seen Steve McMichael versus Sick Boy and this classic. You might want to try that one again, Shivani. Off to Disco, is thrown around as well, but here's Ming to attack. He, he, he attacks Wright because, well, Ming's a monster. The referee and the security guard get death grips as well. They finally mace him to no effect at all. Well, Eddie Guerrero is scheduled for a match against Conan, but he comes out with a bag and a cup of coffee. Right, so, sorry, um, I'm confused as who that was directed to, because I don't think he mentioned it about 500 times. One of the most impassioned promos of uh, a wrestler that you can get to, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, maybe he wasn't the greatest on the mic back then, but isn't that exactly what CM Punk said in his pipe bomb nearly well, you know, I was, that was 15 years later. That was actually point. Is this the original pipe bomb? Well, it seems that way. Eddie's come out here. We've seen the kind of fun-loving Eddie character that we've seen on TV. He was meant to have a match. He's come out like this. He has said what he said, and he's directed at Bischoff, because Bischoff does, and the stories are there to be told. He does, doesn't does speak to the talent in that way. He speaks to a couple of main event guys, and then he won't speak to, anything, to anybody else. I think that's fantastic from Eddie Guerrero. And you talk, you want a wrestler to show kind of passion and heart and desire. That's why Eddie Guerrero made it to the top as well, because he had that hunger. Even when he was getting a comfortable salary, he wanted to be further up the card. So fair play to Eddie Guerrero on that one. He says, don't go to a commercial or say this on another show. <gasps> he meant raw. Eddie wants to talk to Eric Bischoff about business, but Eric Bischoff, this is the only way to get his attention, Eric Bischoff, and so be Eric Bischoff. Eddie has been unappreciated, despite giving the best effort he can. Eric Bischoff. All the young talent in WCW, Eric Bischoff, is held down for the sake of the people on top of the company, Eric Bischoff. The fans are booing loudly. Eddie said he hasn't done this for the sakes of Chavo, Eric Bischoff, and his children, Eric Bischoff, and pours coffee on himself, Eric Bischoff, referencing a meeting where Eric Bischoff allegedly threw coffee on him. In his book, Eddie said that it was actually Eric accidentally spilling the coffee on a table, and it landed on Eddie. This would eventually lead to the LWO, Eric Bischoff. I'm sure we'll get Eddie versus Conan later, though, because WCW would never bait and switch us like that of a company that WCW has spent the first hour running down. I Eric don't Bischoff. think they will. No, they won't. Hour two begins, and it's Eric Bischoff, Canyon, Horace versus Saturn, and Raven. Raven and Saturn get in an argument full of Bell, but agree to get inside. Saturn and Canyon get things going, but Raven tags himself in, triggering another brawl. The tag doesn't count for some reason, so Canyon tries a fisherman suplex on Saturn, only to get caught in a belly-to-belly suplex. Off to Horace, who catches Saturn in a bad-looking flapjack, giving Canyon a two. Two. Canyon stumps away in the corner and gets two off a backbreaker. Two. In a surprise, Raven crutches Canyon on the top to save Saturn as the raw bashing continues. Raven comes in and rolls some Russian leg sweeps on Canyon but doesn't cover. 
Back to Satan for some kicks in the corner before Raven brings in a chair. Well, Canyon is set in the middle rope. Raven loads up a diamond cut onto the chair. Tony says, look like a bulldog or a DDT. So not only does he brag about how amazing WWE's main event will be, but he doesn't recognise the most over move in the company for the last year and a half. But Canyon shoves Raven into the chair instead. Off to Horace, who's only here to beat up Raven. A pass line gets two, two. for Hollywood Hogan's nephew as Saturn makes a save. Everything breaks down and Saturn and Raven are thrown into each other. There's both guys in the corner and Saturn does a sting falling low blow spot. A powerbomb slash neckbreaker combo gets two. Two. On Saturn and Canyon spikes him down with a reverse electric chair, meaning Saturn was dropped on his f- was dropped face first off Canyon's shoulders. Horace brings in the stop sign but blasts Canyon by mistake, allowing Saturn to hit the Death Valley driver on Horace for the pin. Well, this was a better match than I was expecting, though more dissension between Raven and Saturn would have helped a bit. Canyon continues to be solid in the ring with a bunch of nifty moves, but Horace, on the other hand, was his generic big man. Uh, Still, though, good stuff here. The Flock comes in post-match and Raven DDTs Saturn. He tells the Flock to get Saturn up, but Kidman pulls Raven off him, earning a DDT of his own. Horace gets a DDT as well. Loads of DDTs. Well, here's the NWO Black and Red, the Wolfpack with something to say. The Wolfpack, of course, is Nash, Sting looking like a lobster in red paint, Luger and Savage, injured at the moment, fuck Conan. They're the core end of formed a few months ago because there's one thing missing in WSW. It was a face NWO team. Sting talks about war games coming up and how much he loves to be involved. Conan does his usual shtick before Nash talks about how great it is to be in Connecticut. If you're not part of the Wolf Pack, prepare to be hunted by the pack. And that's it. And up next, we got Scott Norton versus Scott Putski. Scott, Scott. Can Scott, I? Nothing to do with you. I want Scott Putski to join the Wolf Pack and he'd be Scott Paxki. <laughs> no. no. Well, Putski's wearing a long coat that makes him look like a pirate. Arr! Norton chops him in the corner to start. Putski comes back with a neck breaker. A Vincent distraction lets Norton snap off a power slam and a power bomb. Ends Putski in less than a minute. Wow. Well, here's the black and white with St. Elf's to say. Hogan loves the new War Games rules because he can take all the garbage out at one time. Nash is a turncoat and Paige is a creep who doesn't follow the rules. Bischoff is the boss around here and the man that brings in a new talent, even though there's no one Paige could bring in that Hogan can't handle. There go the lights and it's the time for the reveal of DDP's surprise partner. Who's it going to be? He's doing the warrior motion. Surely it can't be. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks like the Renegade is back. He's one of my favourite wrestlers. The crowd's fucking crazy for it. Hogan's mouth is a gog. Oh, we haven't seen this man in two years. It's the Warrior. Don't call him Ultimate because WF owned the gimmick. Wow. Well, a voiceover guy says something about destruction and someone walks out, but we can't see who it is. Lights come up and it's the Ultimate Warrior. Just called the Warrior here. Hogan immediately panics because he thought Warrior was dead. A loud Warrior chant, chant comes up as Warrior asks, who holds the power now? Warrior stands there for a while before the same people anticipated his arrival. Hogan offers him the NWO shirt off his back, but Warrior says it doesn't smell good. Warrior talks about how wrestling has tried to recreate something which is recreatable with Hogan at the figurehead. Those sort of things are irreplaceable and Hogan must realise that right now, the Warrior pauses for about 30 seconds after each sentence. The fans chant that Hogan sucks, but Warrior wants to tell him something he doesn't know. Warrior talks about history, teaching us things, but Hogan has misplaced pieces of his history. He mentions that Hogan never beat the Warrior, 
Which brings up an interesting point. Yeah. Well, on Warriors WWE DVD, Hogan said this was an ultimate no-no. Why? Some of the biggest matches of all time, including the most watched match in American history, have been rematches. Let's say Warrior lost the match. Also, remember that Paige brought it up earlier in the show and flat out said it instead of implying it like the Warrior did. Warrior said Hogan never beat him, not that he beat Hogan. Earlier, Hogan mentioned he wants to get his belt back from Goldberg. Are we supposed to forget that Hogan lost his only match against Goldberg? I never get why this is such a big deal in Hogan's mind. Anyway... Warrior says he's defeated the undefeatable and conquered the unconquerable. <laughs> because while Hogan was great, Warrior was ultimate. <laughs> Good call. While talking for about 10 minutes, Warrior introduces himself to Disciple, saying that he must be Hogan's barber. You get hey. it? I believe it's the actual first. I believe it's the first actual confirmation that it's Brutus Beefcake. Bischoff says Warrior knows who he is. And Warrior says if Bischoff gets involved... It will lead to his demise. Also, Warrior is going to send him a bill for something that isn't specified. Well, Warrior talks about destiny and waiting for the next superhero. Hogan has been rational behaviour and embodies intolerable evil. Warrior isn't here to beat Hogan up because everyone has already beaten Hogan up. Nice line there. Next week, Warrior is going to launch a revolution that not even Hogan can control. That's next week. Same Warrior time, same Warrior place, same Warrior channel. Seriously, he said that. Smoke fills the ring. And the warrior disappears. Well, this went on forever and could have easily been cut in half to get the same point across. Between warriors' incessant pauses and the repeating the same stuff over in different terms over and over, and talking to Bischoff about bills, this could have been cut down to about six or seven minutes instead of 15 that it took. Also, it's more of the same idea for WCW. Take something that was a big deal a long time ago and try to get something more out of it. Yes, it would work short term, but it was shown not to work in the long run. Well, more Nitro girls. T- <laughs> Tony's only pretty sure that the Warrior was DDP shocker. Dean Malenko versus Kurt Henning. Now, this has potential. Kurt bows to the floor, and we take our second break in about two and a half minutes. Back with Dean pulling Henning in the ring, but Kurt taking it right back to the floor to beat on Malenko. Back in, and Dean goes off with forearms in the corner, only to take it down by a clothesline. Henning cramps on the neck, but Dean backdrops Kurt down. A snapmare gets two for Malenko. Two. But he runs into a boot in the corner. The Henning plexes counter with knees to the ribs, and Dean superplexes Kurt a few- and Dean suplexes Kurt a few times. Tony rips on Raw's main event again as Henning escapes a cloverleaf. A rude distraction and a shot to the back sets up the Henning plex to end Dean a few seconds later. I expected way more from these two. They never got out of first gear here and seemed perfectly happy going like that for about five minutes. It's nice that Dean is back after being gone for a few months in the spring, but Kurt seems to be doing exactly what he's doing back in April. That's not a good sign at all. Well, hour number three begins, and here are Buff Bagwell, Scott stuff literally half his body in bandages, and some frumpy old woman. Scott talks about Rick hitting him in the elbow last week, and everyone knows that the elbow bone is connected to the shoulder bone, which is connected to the neck bone, and that's why his knee hurts. Steiner's doctor, who is apparently a man, says that Scott is indeed hurt. Scott can't fold up his arm. Scott can't hold up his arm, so clearly he can't face Rick at full brawl. This brings out Rick, who says he wants the match, so Scott says he'll do it at full brawl. The team split up six months ago. Still waiting on the match? Fucking hell. So Nitro Girls part three, and then the TV title, Chavo Guerrero Jr. versus Chris Jericho versus Stevie Ray. 
Well, Chavo's gone nuts and has a sick horse named Pepe for a friend. Jericho's TV champion after beating Stevie, who became champion after Booker T couldn't defend the title due to injury and allegedly gave Stevie power to only defend the title. At least I think that's what's happened. Anyway, the announcers don't stand entirely sure. One fall to a finish here with Jericho throwing Chavo into Stevie to start. Jericho bows out to the floor, so Stevie throws Guerrero on top of him in a nice power display. Chavo comes back in with a high cross body for two. Two. On Stevie, but now Jericho wants to hook up with Guerrero. A running forearm and a middle rope bulldog gets two. Two. On the champion, but now Ray lifts Chavo in the air again, only to, only to have Jericho break it up for two. Two. Ray takes them both down with a double clothesline, but the smaller guys come back with a double suplex. Well, Chris and Chavo hit a double missile dropkick from the same, but Jericho breaks up Guerrero's cover on Ray. Ray runs over the referee. Yeah, got it. Ray runs over the referee, but knocks Jericho out with a blackjack. Guerrero puts a sleep on Stevie Ray, but his giant to choke slam Stevie, which apparently is what gave Jericho the title in the first place, is Jericho and the giant in cahoots. Jericho. Jericho. <laughs> hey! hey! Jericho gets to his feet and wins by counter because Ray can't get up. Um, yeah, sure. But why didn't we just have Jericho cover the unconscious Stevie for the pin? Well, it's a bizarre ending, bizarre booking. And unexplained interference aside, there was a few good spots in here to carry things. This is a good example of how watching all of the shows coming up to this could have helped out a lot. Chavo getting to the show personality. Chavo getting to show personality is definitely a good thing, though, as he's very talented but didn't have the character to back it up. And then it's US title Bret Hart versus Diamond. Dallas Page. Brett is defending, having traded the title with Lex Luger over the last week. Page gets a quick two, two. of a belly-to-belly, but Brett bows to the floor to avoid a diamond car. DDP follows him to the floor and pounds away, sending Brett into the barricade. Back in, and Page fires elbows off in the corner and gets two off a suplex. Two. Page goes to the corner to rain down right hands, but Brett hits him low. Well, the referee must have been following a piece of lint in the air because it was right in front. It was even admonished. But Brett wasn't even admonished. Brett drops Page face first into the buckle to take over even more as momentum shifts. Hart rakes the eyes across the rope a la Arn Anderson, but Page grabs a quick small package for two. Two. We hit the five moves of doom with the elbow getting two. Two. A hard whip into the corner. To the, a hard whip into the corner puts Page down again, and a good look at two. Two on Page. Well, DDP pops right back up and pounds away on Brett in the corner before taking him down with a discus lariat. A top rope clothesline gets a near fall and a champion, and a pancake gets the same. The referee gets pumped and Brett puts out, pulls out a foreign object to blast Paige in the head. Then, in a bizarre moment, for some reason, he puts the object in Paige's tights and drags Paige on top of himself, but kicks out at two. Two. The sharpshooter goes on. Page slaps them out on three separate occasions, as in three sets of taps, and shakes his head up and down, but the referee does nothing at all. Page grabs the rope for a break and grabs a diamond cutter out of nowhere. The referee does his job for the first time all match by noticing Brett's foot being under the rope. Brett claims that Page hit him with something, so the referee checks him, only to find the object for the DQ. We ignore that the referee had a completely unobstructed view for the last several minutes and would have seen Page hit Hart or put it back in his tights. It was a good match here, but the strange booking brought it down. The ending makes sense, but given the setup, but the setup, I get that Brett put the object there as a safety net, but why not just pin Page when he was knocked out? Also, there were way too many instances here with a referee coming off like an idiot. 
These two had good chemistry together, but I don't remember a match between them not being overbooked. Well, more Nitro Girls, this time with the WWE versions of the Wrestling Buddies. And uh, here is the main event. It is the WWE World title, Goldberg versus the Giants. Well, Tony bashes Raw again, saying they're going to give fans what they advertise, unlike their competitors. Giant has the cypher with him, and Goldberg's music hits, and a fake chance piping. Let's see if we can notice it here. Buff introduced Goldberg's unified WWE NWO world champion. And he's coming from backstage. Surrounded by security, James. But they're not for Goldberg's protection. They're for everyone else's protection. Ooh. I don't think the Goldberg chance was piped in. I think that was actually part of his like theme tune. Well, you think the Yeah. There we go with the fireworks. And he gets completely blacked out, see, I like that. So he's one free one and oh at this moment in time. Gonna get the giant. It's getting there, isn't it? Closer and closer. Well, one thing is he is loved by the fans. Coming a week after spearing Kevin Nash. Is that gonna come into play at War Games coming up? Of course that'll be our next pay per view, WSW after SummerSlam, of course, in September, WSW full brawl. Oh my god, the match started already. The giant attacking Goldberg early on. Yeah, with the big right hands. This must be the best strategy to start off with. To just try and beat down Goldberg. But Goldberg fighting out the corner. Well, try as you might. You won't get that far. It's Goldberg fighting back. But the power of the giant. That was nice. And now that slam. Spine tingling. We're going to see a choke slam. No. Goldberg straight back up. Kick to the midsection. Oh. Slam. And look at the power of Goldberg. But the giant to his credit up quite quickly. I'm not going to be worried about that. Well, if they went crazy for the Ultimate Warrior earlier, then they should lose their shit for Goldberg. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though there's a sign that says, I hate Goldberg, but still. I think it's just a smark. Collar and elbow tarp and Giant wins a power exchange there. Knees to the midsection, a few clubbing blows to the back. Kicks to the chest. Sends Goldberg into the corner and a nip. Two big knees, three big knees to the ribs. We don't know how much Goldberg can take. Oh, yeah, he's won 131 matches, but they've not lasted long. If you don't have much punishment, you know, it might be uh, five moves he could take, and that would be him done, but he's only ever taken four. So yeah. <laughs> what a giant side Russian leg sweep. But Goldberg back up to one knee already. A big headbutt rocks him to the corner. And now Goldberg trying to fight out. I think the headbutt's woken him up. No, put him back to sleep again. I'll tell you one thing about Giant. He has put on a little bit of weight this year, hasn't he? You know, 998. He's not as lean as he once was. Because he throws Goldberg to the outside. A bit of help from Disciple on the outside. But Goldberg blocks his punch attempt. And just knocks him bandy. And now even in front of the referee, the Disciple still goes to try and hit him. Look. Yeah, he is hitting him. Well, he just broke his sunglasses. And, and it's still... Oh, there we go. Giant picks up Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg with a backslide, though, sending Giant into the ring post. But the Giant is not being... He's stunned, but he's not hes not hurt at the moment as he slowly crawls into the ring. Another huge headbutt by the Giant, and now he's going to bring Goldberg in. Takes Goldberg into the ring the hard way. But Goldberg, again, <laughs> he's up to one knee. <laughs> what he's is he? shaking it off. What is he made of? Here comes Goldberg. Bang! Spears the giant in half. Oh, but the disciple from behind causing the disqualification. Oh, so if it happens outside of the ring, it doesn't count. 
But because it happened in the ring, it does. Well, it's a WWE's way of thinking, but it's just got squashed by the spin. What happens after the spear, Dan? Well, if you piss Goldberg off, he'll jack you up and hammer you down. Oh. Look at the referee's arm movements. He's like, no, you don't need a pin on him. Scott Hall comes in now. Well, now, shot from behind. Well, here comes hey. Nash. Whoa! Big boot sending Giant out of the ring. Scott Hall... Psyching up Goldberg. Oh! Nash holding Hall for the spear, but Hall ducking out of dodge and Goldberg hitting Nash for the second time with a spear. But Nash is straight back to his feet again. In Goldberg's face, these two guys having a shoving match. Well, he just got hit by the spear, one of the most devastating moves, and I guess he was all right, but I guess Nash and Goldberg... Unfinished business. I mean, this is a pretty entertaining show. There's some big problems. You've seen them coming soon. The warrior idea is a band-aid and nothing more. Yeah, it might have gotten them a quick boost, but even if WSW had to, had to, no, this was not a long-term solution. At the end of the day, this is Hulk Hogan's show, not Nitro. Look back at Paige's promo. He isn't bringing Warrior in to help him win the title or help WSW win war games. Paige brought the Warrior in to get Hogan. Hogan has lost to Sting and Goldberg in the last eight months, and it rolls off him. Nothing ever changed with him, and he just keeps rolling along. How is that interesting TV? Good show, but not for the main stories as usual. So it is our next episode of Nitro. It is 151, 24th August, 1998, from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. 17,094 in attendance with Mike Tanay, Bobby Heenan, Tony Schiavone, and Larry Zabisco on commentary. We're closing in on full brawl and the main event is coming into focus a little bit more. The main story coming into tonight ties into the pay-per-view as Warrior is promising to begin a revolution tonight, whatever that means. He's officially on DDP's team to face Hogan and Hart for the black and white and whoever's on the Wolfpack's team. This free team stuff with one winner idea for war games is annoying. But let's get to it. We open with a black limo arriving with a black and white coming out. It's just Hogan, Bischoff, Liz and the Disciple. Here, and we get a long tracking shot of them coming all the way into the arena. Once they're finally in the ring, Eric holds up a pen and says it's what's let them keep charge of WSW and the NWO. He'll only be bad out of WSW, and he'll keep anyone he wants out as well. Hogan takes the mic and talks about how he owns the world of wrestling and is more powerful than anyone. He can't wait to get in the ring at War Games and take everyone out one by one. Hogan promises to take the title back from Goldberg for a while, and that's the shortest opening segment in a long time. And then we get the opening titles, and then it's Mike Enos versus Raph. Enos fires in some knees in the corner, but Raph shrugs him off and chops away in the corner. They head outside with Enos being sent into the barricade and chopped even more. Raph throws him back inside for a slingshot clothesline for two. Two. But Enos comes back with a power slam for the same. Mike shoulders him into the corner, but misses a second attempt. Raph's meltdown, pump handle power slam, is good for the pin in a short match. We'll be looking at part of the Warriors speech last week, leading into the announcers talking about war games. The Nitro girls dance in the crowd. We get a Nitro party winner. And it is our next match, which is Kaz Hayashi versus Dean Malenko. Well, the announcers immediately start talking about the Horsemen, despite most of the team losing almost every major match. Major, <clears> match. major match. They've had in the last few weeks. Dean takes Kaz down by the arm and grabs the leg before putting him in a reverse chin lock. Off to a headlock on Hayashi, but comes back with a knee to the ribs and a quick running sent on. Dean easily takes him back down and puts a figure four around the neck as we take a break. Back with Dean, winning a quick slug out, but being sent to the floor. 
Kaz hits a very nice corkscrew palancha and gets two off a German suplex back inside. Two. Hayashi goes up, but miss. But <coughs> Kayashi goes up, but his moonsault hits knees. A leg lariat clearly misses Kaz by about six inches. Sets up the tiger bomb and a clover leaf to give Dean the win. Not a terrible match, though. I had no idea why they needed a break in there. Kaz was another in a long list of talented cruiserweights who got lost in the crowd despite being able to put on good matches. Malenko looked a bit off tonight, but when you're a sharp one, you can miss once in a while. We get a video on the Wolfpack. Well, here's the Wolfpack minus Sting with something to say. After the catchphrases, Nash talks about Hogan running his mouth week in and week out, even though he can't run with them. Nash said if Hogan wants a war, he's got one. He talks about coming here for a war two years ago and his goal is to run the company. If he has to run off Hogan and Bischoff and become world champion to do it, then that's what he'll do. That brings him to Goldberg, who was speared in twice in a row now. After the first time they had a beer and everything was cool. The second time there was no beer, so everything isn't cool. However, if Goldberg wants to make <coughs> however if Goldberg wants to make things right, he can team up with Nash tonight against someone whose names are cut off by Goldberg's music. We get the long walk from the back to continue a motif tonight. Goldberg comes to the ring and says he'll team up with Nash if that's what Nash wants. Nash wants Hogan and the Giant tonight. Well, next is the match no one wants, which is Conan versus Jim Neinhart. Now, breaking news. As we record this podcast, we have found out that Jim Neinhart has passed away at the age of 63. It's kind of a shocking thing, really, to, to happen uh, when we when we're recording, we're going to bring you more detail in the live shows. Hopefully, what are your first first thoughts on losing Jim Neinhart? Um, well, you know, it is after what's happened uh, a week or two ago. You know, we've lost a few good wrestlers, and it seems to be wrestling either on WCW or WWE. You know, it's <laughs> like we've lost Vader. We've lost Neidhart, so, you know, it's. Uh, should we start watching TNA and see if any of them old favourites die? What's well, problem, though? It's only 20 years. It's not that long ago, you know. I mean, when, when you consider people from our childhood shouldn't be dying already. And like we talk about Jim Neidhart, he had a lot of problems, and we'll bring that to light as well. Don't worry about that. But back to this awful match. Conan went to the back during the break and comes out again for reasons I don't understand. A headbutt puts Neidhart down as Tanay explains what Aliba, I can't say it for Gordon, wouldn't you? Arriba la raza! Means. Conan grabs an armbar, but Neidhart fights up and clotheslines Conan to take over. Neidhart's straps come down, meaning that he <laughs> may... <clears throat> which means he... And that means... Fucking hell, I can't say that right. With straps are down, he means business, and he's making his back rakes all the more vicious. A middle rope knee drop... Only him and the Tequila Sunrise give Conan a fast win. Tony brings out Stevie Ray for a chat about the black and white surrounding him at the end of Thunder. Stevie won't comment on what they were saying to him, but he'll deal with the giant in due time. As for the TV title, Stevie's coming for Jericho soon, but here's an angry Booker T for his return. Booker says he's been out of the country healing, so he couldn't come back and give the fans 110%. He can't leave his house to get his paper without people asking him about Stevie Ray. Well, Booker worked hard to get a TV title and would like an explanation from Stevie about the title. Stevie says he defended the title. <laughs> Stevie said he defended the title because it got between the team. Booker was out for six months. It's been like two. And Stevie did what he had to. Tony informed Stevie that Booker is the number one contender to Bret Hart's US title, ticking Stevie off. Booker said he's coming for the title and wants Stevie to have his back. Nitro girls! Yay! After a break, Tony's in the ring and calls out the EDP. He has a pen of his own and wants to shove it through Bischoff's ear. 
Page runs down Hogan as usual and says, if someone wants to step up as a third member of Team WCW, do it right now. This brings out Roddy Piper, and I cringe a little bit inside. We are going to be watching this soon, and there'll be no one left alive in this. Anyway, Piper praises Pay for doing a good job lately while he's been in Hollywood. While he was out there, Piper heard people at Time Warner making fun of Bischoff's power trips. Piper said he's the only man that Bischoff can't fire before implying Eric Hogan and Bischoff are women. Uh. He'll join Paige in War Games and promises to get Rory to join him. Wasn't he on the team already? Arriba la raza means up or above the or her race. So it's above, up the race or above the race. Hour number two begins and it's Steve McMichael versus Riggs. Mongo takes him into the corner but Riggs actually takes over and stomps him down into the corner. McMichael's sent out to the floor and taken down by a clothesline from the apron as this has been one-sided so far. Back in and the announcers talk about Saturn versus Raven with the Flock's Freedom versus Saturn being put back in the Flock as the stakes. Uh, a trick put it down and Riggs stomps away at the chest. We hit the chin lock on Mongo who slaps the mat like he's tapping but the referee says nothing. When Michael fights up but a knee to the ribs drops him again. Riggs mocks the horseman's sign and avoids an elbow as Mongo can't get anything going. A boot in the corner stops the charging rigs, and it's a pair of three-point tackles and a tombstone to give Mongo the win. There were the only major offensive moves, major offensive moves, he hit all match. Well, this was basically a rig squash until the last 30. Horsemen losing nearly every match. They're in sounds. This was basically a rig squash until the last 30 seconds. The horsemen losing nearly every match. They're in sounds like something Bischoff would be behind to bury the team even further. Because why would he care if the fans keep chanting for Flair? Granted, having Mongo in there isn't helping anyone. The guy just isn't that good. <laughs> well, post-match, Horace blasts Mongo in the head with a stop sign. And the beating is on until Malenko makes a save. Saturn comes out as well back outside, leaving Mongo and Malenko to hold up the four horsemen sign. More Nitro Gals, this time in leather. And then we get Scott Norton versus Rick Fuller. We'll find out at the end of the match. Well, they trade chops in the corner as Fuller has already survived longer than anyone has against Norton in weeks. Norton comes back with a Samoan drop but gets kicked in the face, only to pop back up and chop it out again. Scott Ace to take over again, and a powerbomb is enough to end Fuller. Well, here's Scott Steiner with his doctor to make fun of Chicago and Michael Jordan. The doctor says Steiner can't wrestle tonight, but Scott wants Rick out here right now. This, of course, brings out Buff Bagwell just as Rick, as the crowd can be heard groaning. Scott offers a doggy treat to get out of the fight, causing Buff to roll over and play dead for the pin. So, um, <clears throat> so sorry, uh, so someone's offering dog treats to throw the match. On Nitro and on Raw, we've got people offering hose to throw the match. <laughs> so, you know, apples and oranges and all that. But at least it's to, for Godfather's a hose to avoid the match as opposed to a horrible segment involving Scott making fun of Rick again, you know? Anyway, next match is Lex Luger versus Brian Adams. They finally lock up after about a minute of stalling before taking their time with some lockups. Luger grabs a head of Bischoff for reasons of general weaselness. General weaselness. Luger sends Adams to the floor with some posing as the stalling continues. Back in and Luger hip tosses Adams down, but Vincent, distraction, lets Brian get in a right hand to take over. Luger is kicked to the floor and sent into the steps for two. Two. Before it's off to a head scissor choke from Adams. We'll back up and Luger is whipped into the corner, but comes back with right hands to a big reaction. Not that it matters, though, as Adams suplexes him down and puts on a nerve hold. And never come back thwarted by a gorilla press gut bust for two. Two. But Adam misses a knee drop. The clothesline of forearms are good for two. Two. Followed by a power slam and a torture rack for the submission. 
Slightly better than the previous match, but that's mainly because the fans were more into the hometown Luger. The match was again as close to a squash until the comeback at the end, which doesn't make for the most interesting of match in the world. Adams getting this high of a spot on the card continues to astound me. And more clips of Warrior from last week. And here's Warrior to talk about how the revolution that starts tonight. He talks about emulating the best in any field, such as when he emulated Hogan as champion. Warrior rants about Hogan selling out to mediocrity and self-pity, which is the most coherent thing he said in a long time. He does, in, he does get in a good line by saying Hogan went from being one in a million to being one of the millions. Well, after pausing for no reason in particular like I just did, Warrior asks for patience before he takes out Hogan. Tonight is the beginning of the One Warrior Nation Revolution. I will not be able to say that five times very fast. Which means he'll destroy Hogan. A revolution isn't based on cowardice, and that's all Hogan needs to know. I have no idea what this was supposed to accomplish. So if it was the Nation Warrior 1, the OWN, the NWO backwards. Anyway, you know, just putting it out there. But hour three begins and it's a TV title, Chris Jericho versus Kurt Henning. Yeah, and Jericho's defending and takes over, takes over a middle due to drawing with fans and their signs. He takes one away and kicks it full and flat on his face in a really funny moment. Comes in, he makes a mockery of it. But look at Kurt Henning, all the injuries and stuff like that. Look at Kurt Henning's face that I've paused on there. That is a genuine smile on his face. He's happy that he's, he makes him laugh that he sees someone like Jericho and he thinks, come on now, kid. So it is TV title on the line. We have seen Henning Jericho before, and Henning's got the victory. But again, even though he's past his prime here, it's good to see Jericho mixing it and again taking that step up <coughs> on the card, isn't it? You know, <coughs> Again, you know, someone like Jericho, he has actually faced a lot of wrestling legends. Yeah, and, and, it's, and people think maybe he wasn't given a chance at WCW, but we, we're seeing it here. He's getting a chance to wrestle, and Henning backs Jericho up. I know he's not going against Henning in his prime, but, you know, Henning and Jericho just scuffling for movement. Both of these guys are deals, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are, but you think Henning is looking at Jericho and maybe seeing a bit of him himself in that kind of character. And the his, cockiness. Exactly, that kind of uh, the younger talent. Maybe Henning's going to help him out a little bit. And Henning goes to the go-behind. Now Jericho and Henning just Standing trying to trade. switch, yeah. There's a massive Jericho sign in the crowd as well, so he's getting followers. <clears throat> well, Jericho-holics. I'm definitely a Jericho-holic. Yeah, I, I really appreciate his stuff, especially back now as well. Now, even the uh, tights with the 1,004 holes in it still mocking Dean Malenko. It's just kind of the way he is. It, You know, you may argue he's not serious, but I think he can be serious sometimes, like we just saw then. Between these two guys, you know, they're both pulling each other's hair. Then neither of them do a clean break. I mean, Henning slaps Jericho and Jericho slaps him back. But now, you know, Kurt's unleashing like a a flurry of offence on Jericho, knocking him back to the corner. But, you know, you can definitely see, you know, how Jericho gets some of his inspiration from legends of the mat, so yeah. to speak. Well, without a doubt, you know. And a blatant low blow there. <laughs> a kick to the midsection. Well, the referee does nothing for Henning. He's black and white. Goes for the cover. Might have a new champion. No. Jericho managing to kick out. Ah. And that was nice there by Jericho. Spinning heel kick. Now Jericho choking out Henning in the corner. But Henning catches a leg. Oh, a leg whip. they wrong. That's like it hurt. And Henning throws Jericho to the mat on the outside. Henning with a hard chop. And Jericho responds. Both men going out on the outside. 
Jericho works the leg. And now, oh, that's a classic Kurt Henning, that is. Spin around on the top rope. <coughs> you would say Michael Cole vintage. And now, talk about vintage. Michael Cole. Jericho there with the... Rather than the second rope springboard, does the top rope drop kick off the apron. Yeah, Michael Cole, remember when he used to go face saying vintage. Vintage oh, yeah. Randy Orton. Well, Randy Orton is vintage. Yeah, for dropping penises in people. And now Jericho, oh, stripping head in, head in reverses. Jericho comes off with a lovely drop kick, knocking Kurt down. Free Ric Flair sign as Jericho hits a nice suplex. And there you go, taunting away at the cover. Heading kicks out at two. Well, that's a kick out twice. Heading kicks out. Oh. Kurt with a double axe handle smashed to the midsection into the face. Is Kurt without Rude? Yeah, Rude's nowhere to be seen at the moment. He might appear on TNA with a full beard. <laughs> and Heading misses drop kick. Jerker now. He's going to look to end it. Nah, too close to the ropes. Heading gets his hand out. Jericho thinks he's won it. Well, he had the line table in for about two seconds and thinks he got the job done. Double axe smash from behind by Henning. And now he's going to go for the Henning plex. Jericho fighting it, though. Hooking the leg. Roll him up. One. Oh. Only getting a two count. Two. Jericho with a big right hand. Kurt responds in kind. Now do you see guys just having a slugfest in the middle of the ring? Oh, this has been quite a good match, actually. Jericho with a chop gets stopped. Kurt with a kick to the midsection. Jericho tries to respond with a chop. It gets blocked and Kurt goes punching to the face. What's the referee saying? No, there's a bell ringing there. I don't know if... Maybe the referee can't control it. And it disqualifies him. And Henning now kicking away at Jericho. And now here comes the giant. And of course, he's part of the black and white. He doesn't look very happy. <clears throat> Poor Jericho. He's going to get beaten down. Yeah. Why does he grab Kurt by the throat? Shoves him to the mat. Jericho ducks out of dodge <laughs> as quickly as he can. It's Jericho. Well, he saves Jericho. I mean, he's been helping Jericho out these past couple of weeks. He has indeed. Well, Henning's not happy, but I guess the giant's got his reason. I bet he says There's a giant Henning. pissed off saying, look, you know, I'm the only man that can have my singlet on one strap, not you. Well, he's even saying that or like, hey, in 15 years, I have to tag with him. Do you know that? Leave my partner alone. Of course, heading no longer with us either, so... I'm going to beat your son up in a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tag team champion at the moment of recording, we should say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the B team. Well, anyway, after this, we get more Nitro Girls. Yay! Booker T asked Stevie to have his back tonight, but Stevie sounds mad for some reason. Mm. And then the US title is Bret Hart versus Booker T. Well, Brett is defending. Before the match, Brett grabs a mic and says he's tired of being told he used to be a nice guy. The fans are the ones that have corrupted the heroes, which is why Brett went to the one man he could trust, Hulk Hogan. However, there's a problem in the form of Sting. Brett says Sting is his buddy. So how far? How, so how can he pick between Sting and Hogan? The fans are to blame for his problems, though. Well, Booker's music plays, but he never shows up. We go to a break and come back to see Stevie standing over a fallen Booker and saying Booker and J.J. Dillon turned their backs on him. Stevie comes into the arena to take Booker's place but yells at Brett instead of fighting him. Brett denies having anything to do with the attack as the NWO come out with a shirt. Brett says there's no reason for Stevie to take his frustration out on him before offering Stevie a spot on the team. 
Since Stevie's a mid-car guy who's starting to get some traction, he accepts. And that's how we get Stevie Ray in the NWO. Lovely. You bastards. So it is Hollywood Hogan and the Giant versus Goldberg and Kevin Nash. Yeah, and after about five minutes of entries, we finally get down to Nash versus Giant. But the fans are all over Hogan. And I tell you something, I tell you probably one of the first times I'm going to say this. It's a main event I'm actually interested in seeing. Because the Goldberg-Nash thing that we've seen, yeah, of course it's been a kind of poor man's Undertaker Rostin. But I'm still interested to see if those two get it on, if they're going to be friends. And with Hogan as well... On the other side with the Giant. You want to see... It's quite a good babyface team, isn't it? You know, Nash and Goldberg. What are your thoughts on them? Yes, um, you know, it's... you got the two big guys. you got the heeliest of heels. you got the faciest of faces. You know, what's not to like? This is the thing. And do you think Nash and Goldberg are the top two babyfaces on Nitro? Oh, I don't know. Because you've got the likes of... you got the likes of DDP. You know, it's... I think they're the two highest baby faces on the card. Yeah, I think this is the way they're going with that, isn't it? With uh, Nash and Goldberg, but someone like DDP is known as the people's champion as well. I mean, that's that's how much, or how big their roster is as well. When you look at it, how many number one good guys they could have. I mean, even Bret Hart doing his stupid things at the moment could be his face. And here we go now with a giant and Nash. Let's not forget what Nash did to the giant back in January, nearly breaking his neck. But Nash saying, let you know, I've got speed over you, big guy. Hogan's telling him to break him in half. Well, Nash is not intimidated. Well, he's got Goldberg in his corner. And now the giant. Looking for a test of strength. Nash squares up to him, goes to grab the hand, but he gets hit with a couple of headbutts, sent back into the corner. Irish whip sends him to the opposite corner, followed closely by a big giant. And a kick to the chest knocks Nash down. And now here comes the giant off the ropes. Big elbow. Oh, but Nash rolls out of the way just in time. If I had Goldberg as my tag team partner, the plan of the match would be tagging Goldberg. (laughs) That would be, you know. Well, it's basically like Nash is Enzo Amore and Goldberg is Big Cass. Yeah, or (laughs) Nash is Nicholas and (laughs) Goldberg is Braun Strowman. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. remember Nicholas Emily yeah Wrestlemania and now Nash take the advantage over the Giant trying to splash him in the corner Nash moved well, Giant's hung up on the second rope Nash drops the leg to the back of the neck I mean Hogan has so many feuds going on I mean we documented this a few months ago like, just so many at this moment in time where you consider the Wolfpack and, Gold- <laughs> and Goldberg as well with, with the Wolfpack, you've got Macho Man and Nash, who both hate him. You've got Roddy Piper, who's still got a problem with him. The Ultimate Warrior's returned now. Paige is always hating him. Hey! What about Rowdy Piper and Macho? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. kind of fallen onto the back burners a bit. But uh, I'm sure they'll bring that up again soon. Well, Piper's come back now, hasn't he? He said he hates Hogan. He wants to be part of the War Games match. And like I said, when Macho's back, Macho's back. But we've just seen a double big boot. And now Goldberg tags himself in. And the question is, will Hogan tag himself in? Is he intimidated by our by the world champion, our WWE world champion, Goldberg? And he's saying, tag him, come on! Hogan gets the tag and the crowd is hot for this. And this is what they want to see. Test of strength! And Goldberg just shoves Hogan to the opposite <laughs> corner, flexes in front of him. 
calls out goal, but uh, calls out Hogan again, and just immediately throws him to the corner. Why? Why didn't they continue booking Goldberg like this if that was what they were going to do? Selfish people, Nash and Hogan, ruining, ruining, ruined, ruined it. They ruined it. <clears throat> but credit to Hogan, you know, to make that amount of money and to, for the bare minimum. And sometimes it's a bit of a talent because you don't have to do a lot to get a reaction. You know, that look at the crowd, these shit strikes to the back. I mean, we've seen Goldberg beaten up and yet Hogan's offence is meant to be tougher than Ming. <laughs> but he's got the power of the hills in his corner. He has. And don't forget, he is Hulk Hogan. So, you know. No, he's the immortal Hulk Hogan. Yeah. As Goldberg gets slammed into the turnbuckle. And Tony says he does it once, going to do it again. But that's just woken Goldberg up, who roars in anger. Hogan backing away. He's going to go down on his knees, put his hands together, beg for forgiveness. And then I, come back with a rake, eye rake or a, oh, an eye poke. Yeah, I just hope for outside interference and disqualification finish. I, do, I hope <laughs> the NWO come down and then the Wolfpack come down and Goldberg spears everyone. That actually sounds all right, but... <laughs> Goldberg with a shoulder blocks to Hogan. Once, twice, three times a lady, but... Oh, as he went for fourth, the disciple from behind. Big Sexy goes to chase him down. Now the Giants chasing Big Sexy, and we've got a little, 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 around the ring. Whilst in the ring, Hogan has taken over on Goldberg, and the Giants protecting the disciple. And now it's Kurt Henning out here, and he's attacking Kevin Nash... In front of the referee, but he's not disqualifying him. Wait well, a minute. Next to the giant, who giant threw him down earlier. So, obviously, they've sorted things out now because Helling's not made a move. And now he's in. Hey! Beats up Goldberg. This is disqualification finish. Disciple win as well. Trash and rubbish getting in because this is the match we're quite interested in. <coughs> And now Big Sexy in clearing the house. It's only four on two, though. NWO haven't got enough men. Oh, wow. Now they've got Alex Luger. Unloading on Henning. In the ring as well. Goldberg fights out of Hogan and Disciple, but only for a second. Nash fights. Still four on three. Wait for somebody else. Conan. When you're in doubt, get Conan out. Yes! Ah. K-Dog to even the numbers. No! <laughs> no one wanted K-Dog. Henning's coming away at the back of Goldberg. Goldberg just tooks around, look, turns around and says, you dizzy blood. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, K-Dog. Goldberg headbutting Henning. The referee has no control of this whatsoever. Well, one referee, eight guys. <laughs> Sounds, like Sounds like a video I watched. Yeah. Here comes Goldberg. Spear! So you just hit the spear on Kurt Henning and... Um, what happens next? Well, James, even though it's not a match, <laughs> it's not. he's going to jack him up. Yep. He's going to hammer him down yep. and go for the cover. Here we go. Ready? Jacks him up, hammers him down, Whoop. goes for the cover. <clears throat> what? <laughs> what? 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 So Henning has to be involved in this match so he can get pinned like that. So it was <laughs> Goldberg and Nash versus... Hollywood Hogan and the Giant. <laughs> Henning comes down, interferes, and takes the pin. Yeah. Even though it was already booked as a disqualification. I really don't understand that. But now, 
Now she's just accidentally kicked Goldberg in the head. He got taken out of the ring by Hogan. So we're left with a giant and Goldberg. Oh, no. Hollywood's made his way back in. The Giants just eliminated Gumball. Oh. Another warrior, DDP and Rowdy Roddy Piper. So the three men that are going to be in war games. All three men have got a problem with Hogan as well. And Warrior wanted to hit Hogan. Piper got in there first. Henning's back in now. Warrior's forgotten how to punch. And the one Warrior Nation clearing the ring. The fucking fans are lapping this up, though. Well, it is a revolution here tonight. WCW actually come out on top for once. Oh, what? No. Oh, my giddy aunt. Well, there we go. I mean, that was... Um, Fucking hell, I think the ring would implode if it was Warrior against Goldberg. I mean, like, just the two most intense wrestlers <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. Why did we never see that? Look at Goldberg looking on. Uh, but with War Games coming up, it actually makes a little bit of sense, to be fair. Right. Goldberg wants Nash. And Conan's like, leave it, blood. It's not worth it. Arriba la raza, all day, every day. Odale. think they should both team up on Conan. So Goldberg wants Nash. Uh, good build-up to War Games, though, I suppose, because we know what the WCW team will be. Make Goldberg look a little bit weak, a little bit like he's not the number one guy in the picture going forward, if you know what I mean. That's just my How thoughts. can anyone be the number one guy in WCW if Hogan and Nash are about? Yeah, that's true. Well, the Warrior looked all right there. Unfortunately, at some point, he has to actually wrestle, and it's all going to come down. Anyway, though, less bad show than usual, but all the nonsense early on. That brings down a not bad last hour. And speaking of last, we're moving on to our last episode, Nitro. It is Monday Nitro, episode 155, August 31st, 1998, from Miami, Florida. 12,481 people with Larry Zabisco, Bobby Heenan, Tony Schwanny, and Mike Sine on commentary. You um, called the 151 from the script. It was 154 last week. We're still getting ready for war games, and even though Team WCW looked to be in place last Monday... DDP suggested that Piper wasn't officially part of the team. This past week on Thunder... Oh, well, <coughs> there was no point full stopping there. DDP suggested that Piper wasn't officially part of the team this past week on Thunder. Other than that, we get to find out more about the Warriors' revolution, which is likely to get very stupid in a hurry. Let's get to it. Yay. Well, here are Hogan and Bischoff to get us going. Bischoff thanks the fans for their money tonight before talking about the pen being powerful. Because of the pen, Eddie Guerrero has to wrestle tonight and pen and ultimately won't be never. Hogan talks about how war games will be proof of the NWO's power and has Stevie Ray to the team along with himself and Brett. You have Giant on your side and you pick Stevie fucking Ray. The fans chant for Goldberg as Hogan moves on to Warrior. He'll get his revenge after eight years and then take the title back from Goldberg. Actually, Hogan doesn't even want to wait for Warrior, so get out here right now. The lights go out and Warrior appears to middle of the road rock music before a song that sounds very similar to Warrior's WWF theme. <coughs> Hogan says the fire represents the fear in Warrior's eyes because the NWO is at ringside. The lights go out again and the ring fills up with smoke. They come back on and the warrior is gone, leaving the NWO confused. We get the warrior symbol in the sky before going to the opening sequence. Well, we get Hogan Hart versus Sting and Luger tonight. And then we get a video of Goldberg at the Florida Marlin Stadium and hanging out with Mark McGuire. For those of you unfamiliar, McGuire was chasing the single season home run record in 1998 and was quite possibly the biggest thing in America at that point. 
Well, we get Raph versus Jim Powers. And Raph chops away in the corner and shrugs off forearms from Powers. Powerful shots to the chest have Jim in trouble and choking ensues. Jim comes back with some right hands in the corner with the fans trying to count along. But Raph keeps shoving him off to restart the count. An atomic drop by Raph seems to blow out Powers' knee. So it's the meltdown for the pin. Raph looked good out there as he ran over Powers like he wasn't even there. The meltdown is a good move for a guy that's strong with a snap looking very impressive. This was Powers' last match in WCW and I don't think anybody missed him. Shame to go out with an ear injury like I think was legit. Nitro Girls at the announcer's desk. Oakland and some Nitro Girls are at the Nitro Party Grand Prize winner in Ohio. Norman Smiley versus Scott Norton. Well, Norton immediately headbutts him into the corner. As soon as he chops set up a power slam for two. Two. As Norton pulls him out, he does the save off the shoulder break for a powerbomber Norman in. The lights go out after the match and the warrior is seen in the rafters. Oh. Much like Sting. Yeah, exactly. So he's taking his gimmick. Well, Saturn carries Lodi's bags into the arena due to losing a match on Thunder. The servitude lasts until full. Saturn says he has to do this because he likes, because he lives by a code of honour as a former army ranger. Here's the Wolfpack again, minus Sting, with something to say. Nash and Conan do their catchphrases before Luger, with a goatee, says Sting is on his way to the arena for their tag match tonight. Nash says that unlike the black and white, they have no leader. He announces the Wolfpack's team for war games, and to no surprise, it's Sting, Luger and Nash. Yeah, fuck Conan. This brings out, (laughs) that brings Nash to last week when DDP and DDP and Piper got involved in Wolfpack business. Paige has until next week to make a decision and Piper will be dealt with if he gets involved again. Nash also tells a story about a warrior sitting under a tree and waking up to see him surrounded by wolves. The warrior tried to touch one of them and was eaten. The moral, if you don't run in a pack, you're being hunted. That is not bad, actually. After a break, JJ Dillon is in the ring and asks Arn Anderson to come out for an off-the-record talk. Arn comes out to a We Want Flair chant as JJ talks about having to dissociate himself with the horseman when he joined the executive committee. However, the other night he was watching an old tape and wants us to look at it. Of course, JJ Dillon used to be the former manager of the horseman. We see an old old promo for Arn Anderson talking about all the talent coming into the mid-Atlantic area. Lots of people wanted to come here and it's been because of Gene and Ollie Anderson. Well, now, the greatest answer of all time is here. He's looking for guys like Dusty Rhodes, baby, Ricky Steamboat, and Magnum TA because he does it better than anyone else. That was probably from 1984. Well, back live, JJ talks about watching that promo many years ago and seeing something in Anderson. Arm became the heart and soul of the horseman. Over the years, JJ knew that WCW would be okay as long as the horsemen were alive. However, he's seen the NWO factions take away a piece of the horseman at a time. And then he saw Chris Benoit and Steve McMahon to restart the team, only to be told they don't get it. Well, JJ thinks Arn doesn't get it, and uh, and here are Mongo and Benoit to back him up. Well, they talk to Arn without microphones, but Arn is shaking his head no. The fans chant, we want flair as Arn starts to levitate, <laughs> start to leave. JJ stops him, and Arn is looking confused. JJ asks where Anson is going, and Arn asks why they're doing this to him. Dylan never thought he would say this, but he thinks Arn is afraid of all this. Leaves to end this awesome segment. There's something special here, but since it's WSW, I'm just waiting for them to screw it up. Hour number two begins. And the announcers talk about what we just saw, and Tony talks about Bischoff holding the horseman down. This transitions to a discussion of Eddie Guerrero asking to be released. 
We look at Guerrero saying he wanted out of his contract and throwing coffee on himself. Bischoff is holding Eddie to his contract, though. And we get Eddie Guerrero versus Brian Adams. Before the match, we get the warrior signal again, much like the bat signal. Seen in the rafters, much like Sting. Eddie lounges on the top rope for the bell and then lays down on the mat. Adams won't cover, so Eddie gets on his knees and asks Adams to hit him. Brian towels over him, even when Eddie's on his feet. Adams pulls back to hit him a few times, but then throws him into the corner for some right hands. Guerrero isn't fighting back at all. A hip toss put Eddie's down, and he lays there to be pinned. Adam puts his fins on Eddie, foot on Eddie's chest for the easy pin. This is storyline advancement. Well, post-match, Eddie says Bischoff may have the power, but he's not going to be able to sue Eddie like he has other people. We look at Ernest Miller's turning heel on, the fun, on Thunder. And it is the Cat versus Riggs. Riggs takes him into the corner to start and grabs a headlock for cranking on the arm. A drop kick, the only move Riggs is good at, sends Cat to the floor and followed by a plancher. Back in and Cat pokes him in the eye and super kicks Riggs down. A big kick to the face puts Riggs down again and Cat talks a lot of trash. Two straight running spin kicks are enough to, put pit, to pin Riggs in a short match. Post-match, Miller grabs the mic and says not to hate him because he's beautiful. He's the best wrestler and a three-time world karate champion. No one can stop him, including all the fans. Moving on. <laughs> I'm the greatest. One. No, that's we're going to get later on. Nitro girls, and it's back to the Nitro Bali. The worst member of the Wolf Pack versus the worst member of the Rockers. Oh. <laughs> and it is Conan versus Marty Jannetty. And Conan takes him down to start and hits the rolling clothesline before putting on his pants a lot. The low drop kick sets up a rolling armbar, which isn't broken, even when Marty's in the ropes. Back up and Janetti super kicks Conan to take over, but doesn't immediately follow up. A jumping back elbow gets two. Two. And Marty stalls some more. Marty puts on a chin lock and Russian leg sweeps Conan down for no cover. Janetti stomps away and walks around a bit before putting on another chin lock. After that, he starts on time. A clothesline gets two. Two. A next snap across the top rope, and a top rope cross body gets the same, and Marty is mad. Back up, and Conan grabs a quick X-Factor, and the Tequila Sunrise is good for the submission out of nowhere. No, just don't even... No. Better match than you would have expected here. Even though it needed to be about a minute shorter, Marty could still put on a decent match when he had the time, and that's what he got here. Conan barely had any offence, which is a WCW tradition that I'm getting tired of. Here's a flock. Lodi makes Saturn carrying a sign, I'm with Lodi, and they're flanked by Canyon and Raven. Before the match, Raven says Saturn isn't allowed to touch himself, or Canyon tonight, before telling Canyon to break Saturn. Canyon makes fun of Saturn's military background and dares Saturn to hit him, but Saturn stands, stands his ground. Saturn himself doesn't do it, and he's disgusted with himself. And it is Lodi and Saturn versus High Voltage. Danger, danger. So we've got High Voltage with Rage and we've got the Warrior. Well, Robbie starts with Lodi and the sign guy is easily shoved down. Saturn tells him to do something so Lodi bounces off Rage. Now it's Saturn's turn but he's clotheslined down as well. He'll have none of that though and suplexes Rage down and Lodi immediately wants in but sees Chaos sending Lodi right back into the corner for the tag to Saturn. Chaos gets kicked in the corner, but a blind tag brings in Rage for an overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Back to Chaos for a hard clothesline, but Saturn fights off both guys in lime green. The Death Valley driver puts Rage down, and Lodi takes himself in and steals the pin. Well, this was angle and advancement, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not wild on Canyon John and the flock, but it's nice to go somewhere in this story instead of just doing the same stuff over and over again. Lodi is entertaining too, so having him on TV is another good thing. It's DDP to open the third hour. 
He brags about Tom's River, New Jersey, winning the Little League World Series as a team. They took everyone's talent and put them together into a team. Just like Piper Warrior and himself will do at Full Brawl. They'll take care of the NWO and Hollywood scum Hogan in particular. Paige brings out Piper, who goes on a rant about Brett being a rookie and claiming to be Piper's cousin. Well, Roddy says he has no family and rambles about Brett facing some guy named John in Toronto. Brett followed him around like a little puppy for years before coming a triple crown champion in WWF. Hogan is calling Brett for everything he's got, and Brett is just as scared as he was before that match in Toronto. This brings out the Giant, but Paige pounds away on him. Giant knocks both WWE guys down and chokes Paige until security breaks it up. I still don't get why Giant isn't in war games. And here's Scott Steiner with his doctor. Steiner brags about his prowess with the ladies, but is annoyed that JJ won't believe him about the injuries. Apparently, Steiner's doctor has brought in another doctor named Juju Ubanji, which is Buff Bagwell dressed like a Jamaican. Buff's accent comes and goes before he throws throws some powder on Scott. Fans think this is bull as Buff declares Scott Steiner healed. Scott says he loves the voodoo, that he'll do and promises to beat Rick up at full brawl. Rick comes from behind and clears the ring. Warrior and his signal pop up again to close the segment. This was so bizarre, it was entertaining. <laughs> and then the on the line, Juventud Guerrero versus Evan Courageous. Hoovy is defending and filling out process to start with a shoulder block, sending Evan to the mat. The fans are paying attention to something off cav- camera as Evan Gorilla presses Hoovy throat first onto the top rope. Hoovy comes back with a springboard, drop kick and some chops, but charges into a power slam for two. Two. Now the fans are looking at something else as well. He even drops him into the floor, back in, and Evan hooks the chin lock as the fans get distracted for a third time. Well, Hoovy sends him to the floor to escape and comes back in with a guillotine leg drop, but hurts his own back in the process. Evan is up at two. Two. And avoids a charge in the corner to put Hoovy down again. Courageous goes after the knee and fans chant Goldberg. Heenan yells at Evan for letting go of a half crab, allowing Uvi to put on the chin lock. The fans are again looking at something else and chanting what sounds like, take it off. Well, must be the warrior. Evan slams Hoovy down and goes up but gets crotched, allowing Hoovy to hit a top-rope hurricane runner. Now it's Hoovy getting crotched as the fans are booing saying other than the match. Evan hits a top-rope hurricane runner of his own for the two. Two. But misses a top-rope line salt. Guerrero hits a Hoovy driver to finally retain Lovely. <clears throat> well, I feel sorry for these guys as they were having a good match and the fans were looking at about five other things instead. <laughs> Courageous looked good out there and hung with Hoovy every step of the way. Hoovy continues to be as good as a high flyer, not named Mysterio, as they And now it's the Nitro Girls Nitro Party. Jim Duggan is there too, those lucky devils. And then it's TV title match, Chris Jericho versus Disco Inferno. Jericho's defending, Disco now has a sweatband. Chris runs him over with a shoulder and does a little shuffle. Disco comes right back with a clothesline and sends Jericho to the corner for some stomping. Tony calls the slam a tilt wall slam for no apparent reason, but Jericho avoids a fist drop. The Lion Soul hits knees and an atomic drop sends Chris face for a clothesline and a spine buster get two each. Two. And Heenan is impressed with Jericho. Jericho comes back with a German suplex but walks into the chart buster for two. Two. As Jericho gets his foot on the ropes, Disco charges again but gets caught with a lion tamer for the win. Well, much better match than I was expecting here with Disco using his basic offence very well. Jericho continues to be one of the most awesome things on the roster but for whatever political reasons he's stuck fighting guys on a lower card and stealing the show every time. 
Kevin Nash sits in on commentary for the next match. And it is the WWE World Title Goldberg versus Al Green. And Al Green started on Goldberg already. Send him into the turnbuckle. Now kick to the midsection. Nash mentions that Green was his original partner in WCW, which was his team called the Master Blasters. He also went minor shot at the world title. Green looks like a bald Scott Norton and jumps Goldberg to start like we say. So here we go. Could we see the biggest upset of all time? No. Goldberg throws him off. <clears throat> Impressive power. Oh, a lovely kick to the chest there or to the chin. A straight forearm by Goldberg. Irish whip. Back body drop. Picks him up as easy as you like. Hits him with a power slam. Now going in the corner. Oh, but he's sliding out of the ring. Is that clever of him? Yeah, I think it is. To avoid that. You got to duel with the fans instead. But Goldberg's behind you. Watch out. Oh, he gets surprised. Nearly sent to the ring post. But Goldberg reverses Al. I guess you can call him Al now. As he sends him into the ring post. Sends him back into the ring. I think Goldberg's just playing with him at this moment in time. <clears throat> and this is for the title as well. Yeah, I mean, so fair. how did Al Green get to become number one contender? Right, I'm not going to question WWE's excellent decision making, but that obviously makes sense. And now he's got the sleeper on Goldberg. Goldberg just throws him over the back. Uh oh. Perches down, roaring for the spear. Oh. Bang! Well, he's just hit the spear on poor Al Green. But what is next? <clears throat> he's going to jack him up. And hammer him down. One, two, three. Wow. Very, very impressive there by William Goldberg. I mean, what can you say? The more we see him, the more impressive he gets. Fair play to Goldberg. And we move on to our main event. Hollywood Hogan, Bret Hart versus Sting and Lex Luger. Bret and Luger get things going with the American grabbing a headlock. Bret comes back with right hands and choking in the corner, but Luger rams him into the buckle to take over. A tag brings in Sting, and Bret immediately runs to Hogan for a tag. Hogan fires with right hands, but Sting shrugs him off and sends Hollywood back into the buckle before tagging Luger back in. Choking puts Lex down in the corner, and it's back to Bret for some Canadian choking. We even get an eye race across the ropes a good measure. Hogan holds Luger in the corner, so Bret can choke even more before choking from the apron. <clears throat> you may be noticing a pattern in the offence here. The heels keep switching without tagging like good villains are supposed to. Brett hooks a chin lock, but he gets superplexed, but gets suplexed down to give Luger a breath. So no hot tag yet. We are just waiting in bated breath for Luger to add tagging his wolf pack partner Sting. I mean, uh, I mean they are partners for life, aren't they, really? Do you know what I mean? They are life partners. They've been together since the very beginning. And like we say, Brett has got the sleep holding now. Brett with a cover on Hogan. Uh, on Luger, sorry, but Luger kicking out. Uh, what do you think of Lex Luger's goatee? Um, I've only just seen it. Very handsome. Yeah, do you think he suits a goatee or non-goatee? Oh, it doesn't really bother me. Still no. muscle-bound dick. Well, Hogan without his moustache would look pretty weird, wouldn't he? So... Yeah. Brett with a beard. Have you ever seen Brett with a beard? That'd be a bit strange. That's true. Yeah. Gold with a beard. You wouldn't recognise him. Look like Luke Harper. Austin without a beard. Austin with hair. Austin with hair without a beard. That'd be weird. The Rock with a moustache. Now that would be cool. The Rock with a mullet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, rocking that mullet and moustache. 
as Brett is rocking Luger in this match right now. Oh, double clothesline for the two. Two. Now can Luger get across to his partner? Brett and Hogan be dominating this match. The other way, Lex. There's a dude who looks like the devil. Hogan's in. Luger makes a tag to Sting. Here we go. Business is about to pick up. And all the other... Oh, my God. I was shot by Sting. Sting a splash. Hits Hogan. Gonna go again. No, he's gonna do it again. Disciple trying to move him. Put him back in position. Now Disciple can move Hollywood. Oh, Sting hits nothing but turnbuckles. Well, that hot t- that, that lasted long, didn't it? I mean, Sting was on top for at least 15 seconds there. And now Hogan kicking Sting from behind. Oh, no, getting the belt off. Oh, my word. This is, this is an assault. And Brett doesn't like that. Oh, he's saying no. Beat him clean. Well, he's got respect for Sting. Hogan's up. And now Brett has walked out of here. And Brett and Hogan having a little disagreement. They get counted out. Well, the match was something special, but we another twist in the storyline. It's nice to see Brett finally have something going on, even though it's rather confusing. I'm not buying into the NWO tension because it happened roughly uh, 847 times now in the last two years, but it never leads anywhere. Have each other in the ring as some smoke starts. It's too early, apparently, as it cuts off, only to start up a few moments later. The lights go out as more smoke comes into the ring. They come back on and everyone is out cold with a warrior in the ring. So it's sleeping gas, which doesn't work on Warrior for some reason. Or Hogan, apparently, as he runs to the back to end the show. Well, this wasn't the worst show ever, but Warrior versus Hogan is shaping up to be the stupidest feud in a long time. But hey, Hogan's ego could be repaired, so who cares if he stops WSW for being a top company in wrestling again? I'd love to hear some of the creative meetings. So you see, Warrior has this bat signal, you see, and this sleeping gas that doesn't work on him and Hogan, and then Hogan beats him in a blow-off match using the powers of Hollywood Mania. Great idea, right? As the usual mid-card help brings the show through, but the main event, guys, drag it down. How many times are we going to see this? But that is it now for WSW this month. But we will be back next month for the monthly review. It will be Full Brawl 1998. So there's only one question left now, and that is, who won this month? So we're going to start now with our five-point system, which is... Roster... Rating, promo, matches, and setting. There we go. So let's get started. So we're going to do both WSW and WWE in this go. Uh, and we'll start off with WSW, seeing as we've just watched it, and then we'll move over to WWE. So, Dan, what have you thought of the matches on Nitro this month? They haven't been great. Uh, there's been a couple of entertaining ones thrown in there, but I think the bad definitely outweighs the good, so I'm going to give that a three. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And you know, like I said, the match usually to be a couple of standout ones. We have seen um, Mysterio and Jericho, not a bad match, and again Jericho with Henning. But I mean, if you take Jericho out of the equation, you're not really seeing it. The main event matches always seem to let it down, whereas in the WWE. They seem to be entertaining. Uh, in WCW, it seems to have uh, hit a bit of a low at the moment. So I've got Groovy there, three out of five. For setting, though, I always like Nitro setting. 
And I've got to say, even with a logo in the middle, and I've kind of got to say, at this moment in time, still think the arena looks better than WWE, so I've got to give it to Nitro now. I'm going to give Nitro set, and I'll give that a 4 out of 5. Yeah, it's certainly starting to improve. They've got the bigger Nitro logo in the ring, so I'm going to have to give that um, a three and a half out of five. And all points are vital here. Quarter of a point last month was different. Uh, what about the roster? What have you thought of WWE's roster? And to, to WWE's. Uh, again, you know, the roster's good, but I don't think it gets used in the correct way. I mean, you know, they've got all these great undercard talents, but yet they put they choose to have Mongo fighting week in, week out. And, you know, and in your case, I suppose, Conan as well. So they've got the good roster, but they don't use it. So I'm going to go with the roster that they use, and I'm going to have to give that a three out of five. Oh. Well, I, I disagree with you. I mean, the points here are usually close, but... Uh, roster for me, I know you talk about the ones that we saw. I think you just got to think how much strength in depth WSW have got. So I'm going to give them a four and a half at roster because the conversation we had, who's number one face in WSW? Was it Nash? Was it Goldberg? It could have been Page. It could have been a number of people. And that's how strong the roster is. In WF, who's the number one guy in the company? It's Austin. Austin. And there's no doubt about that in anybody's mind. Uh, and who would number two? Is it Triple H? Is it one of the you know, members of DX? It's, it's difficult to say, whereas you've got a list of them on WSW. On Raw, they're using the roster well. They're using it really fucking well. But I think WSW still beats it out. Promo... Uh, I always downgrade WSW Smart for promos because the videos and the stuff explaining it is is never really that good. WWE always got the production values. But the Arn Anderson promo I thought was quite good. That we saw Willie Willie not bring back the four horsemen. JJ Dillon wants him to do that. And even a couple of, you know, the, the Warrior thing went on for too long and, and ruined people's time. But the fans were really into it. And... You know, you can't blame WSW if they're giving shit promos, but the fans are really into it as well. So I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. I'm going to agree with you on that one because, you know, we kind of saw the inception of the pipe bomb, as terrible as it was. But, you know, it's you can't help but think, you know, there and watch that one time and thought, you know what, that man has a point And, you know, I could evolve that into nowadays, you know, like, You've got Eddie Guerrero bringing up, you know, I could say this on another company, and you've got the punks, punks saying, you know, hello, Colt Cabana. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, kind yeah, of, you yeah. know, it's got points from that. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with three and a half for that because, you know, as as terrible as the promo was, it still was, you know, a vital part of wrestling history. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And for the rating of the show, I mean, we've had some good moments, but I think the bears outweighed the good this month for WSW. I don't know what they've done wrong. But it's where it was exciting before. It's, I'm looking forward to Full Brawl, don't get me wrong. I think that's going to be a cool main event, you know what I mean? Wolfpack, NWO, WSW there, especially the way WSW looked last time out. But again, for, for Nitro itself to have that many titles, after a while, the big matches become meaningless because they're always happening. And, and this is why WWE taped every once in a while. When they do have a big match, it feels like a big match. So I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10 this month for WWE. I'm going to I'm going to be even more brutal. I'm going to go 7 out of 10. I think, you know, it's with the terrible refereeing and, you know, it's, I think it's just everything all thrown into it and you're always getting screw finishes. Yeah, it's a good laugh once in a while, but every single fucking time it's starting to get really boring and old. 
Yeah, problem, isn't it? We're seeing the same thing over and over again. It was funny when it was repeating itself in March and April, but now we're getting to August, September time. I think, oh, fucking hell, no, we, we don't really want this. Uh, so we'll see how, how, how Nitro does. I mean, it's not a great score at the moment for them. Uh, I will work out the points and the scores in a bit. So let's get the WWE scores and move across. And I mean, we talked about bits and pieces. Promo, St. WWE does right and this production value is the stories. You always know what's happening in the WWE show. They always set it up so well. The music's so well done with the, you know, the Untaker of Mankind, uh, the Untaker and Kane thing, Ali and Cahoots and that. The story's been so well told with Austin. Uh, and then when they do get on the microphones as well, they kind of knock it out of the park for me. So I think this month's been a really, really strong month for WWE. I don't know what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, um, you know, it's everything rolling into one. You know, all the angle advancements. You know, there's there's a few little feuds going inside on little feuds, but they actually make sense. And, you know, everything kind of fits into one nice little package. And it's the packages that they show for the promos yeah. that make it, that make it you know, so good. So I'm going to get four and a half for promos from WWE. I'll, I'll give that a four. four. Uh, Setting-wise, again, I still don't think it's great, you know. And I've been harsh to Nitro. I'm going to be harsh with, uh, with, with WWE now with setting. Because at pay-per-views, they do it well, like, you know... We've seen that Over the Edge 1998, they have a really nice set to it, uh, and other uh, pay-per-views. And I think with Raw, again, I'm not I'm not happy with it. It's still the same as it was in 1997. If you're going to be the number one show, you need to change up a little bit. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. It's it's still the same, you know, the unprotected the, the not as much advertising going around, you know, showing you that you're, on, you're watching Raw. It's got the same old entrance way, you know, you've got the screen above it. Even like I, th- I think it's um, at SummerSlam when they were showing the Lions Den match, they had to bring screens out because <laughs> yeah, know. you know it's like really we had them kind of tellies coming out of fucking school, mate. Yeah. But you know it's uh, I I do hope they change it up a bit and modernise it. But yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. Three for setting. Uh, match wise, I I feel I think I know who's won this already this month just because match wise. They've, they've really brought it at the moment in time. And there's not the kind of, like, match of the year classic happening on Raw, but they're entertaining. Like, that Hell in a Cell match between Kane and Mankind featured bumps that we don't even see on pay-per-view anymore, you know. And that's down to Mankind being a crazy son of a bitch. But, you know, and the Four Corners tag team match, all the has brought it in, in that one. And even, you know, like, the D-Lo Browns and people like that have, have done it. The street fight between the nation and DX has been great. Uh, you know... Yeah, you can argue that like, even kind to kind to like, Val Venus and stuff aren't the greatest workers. I think the match has been really entertaining. I'm going to give it a four out of five this month. Yeah, again, you know, they've they've tied it all together. It's everything that they're doing makes sense. And, you know, you've still got a, a lot of wondrous mystery about it as well. You know, it's... I think everything's coming together for a reason. Um, you know, again, that's really rating the point I think makes sense. They've definitely brought it in match-wise. The quality isn't as good as WCW, but I think the outcome is better, if you know what I mean. You know, you've got better style of wrestling on WCW, but WWE, they've kind of, I don't know, It's they've, they've made it better somehow in their own 
terrible way. So I'm going to give that a four out of five. Four out of five for matches. And I think this takes in well with the roster of having what you've got and using it well. You know, like I said, it might be only Mankind, Kane, Undertaker, Austin is kind of like four big guys as, you know, proper main eventers. And that's probably what it is in WWE at the moment as well. And then they're building up the young guys. You know, they haven't got like a massive roster, so they're building up the Rocks, the Triple H's, the X-Pucks, you know, the Outlaws, to be the next stars afterwards. So what they've got, they're using it well. And like you said, talk about WWE using the roster well. I think WWE is smashing it out of the park with using their roster. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 again. Yeah, again, where WCW are solely relying on their... Hogan's, you know, their late 80s, uh, very early 90s characters. Hogan, Warrior, Piper. You know, you've even got um, the star, yeah. which, you know, it's, it is getting beyond ridiculous. Whereas WWE, they're building up the newer characters. You know, they're building up Kane. He's only been around for a year. He's held the title. Mankind's been around for a while. Undertaker's been around for a while. But, you know, he's still a, he's still a corner post. You've got Austin, who's kind of coming into his own he's he's i think he's had the character for what, about three years yeah yeah exactly and but this is the thing is is that austin might be the same character but there's the, the, the w cat dimensional whereas like you said with how many different facets of mankind have we seen since he's been here you yeah. know and even with untaken kane that relationship they can change and evolve whereas you feel like in w it's just a groundhog day of the same thing happening over over again yeah you know? um you know and again You've got the likes of Triple H shining through. You've got The Rock, who's gone from being a what secondary tertiary member of the nation to leading it. You've still got Owen Hart kicking around as well. You know, off doing his own thing against uh, the likes of Ken Shamrock. You know, you've got the UFC style side of things coming in there, which you know obviously plays around a lot today. And you know, you've got feuds within feuds, but it, it just makes sense. <coughs> and this is the thing that's gonna so what's your score for roster sorry uh roster yeah it is four out of five and you're rating out of ten for the for wwe i think it's been a very strong month i'm gonna give it an eight i'm gonna say it's even stronger and give it an eight and a half out of ten i really have been enjoying wwe on the road road to highway to hell and, and that leads me into perfectly for saying our next episode is of course WNR172 SummerSlam 1998 the highway to hell Austin versus The Undertaker and of course Rock versus Triple H in the ladder match uh, and I'll tell you what it is it's a fantastic pay-per-view so we've got our scores now so Dad I just need some music to work out the final scores So, Dad, do you want to know something interesting? For the first time ever, I'm going to tell you if you can guess. First time ever in WWE scores, you didn't give me half a point. No. Your scores are 4 3, 4, 4, 8. There you go. So, um, I think we know already who won this month, but let's just go through it. So, like I say, uh, 
my scores together for WSW is 22.5. Your score for WSW this month was 20 out of 30. That's really low. Uh, so that is 42.5 out of 60. WWE needs to beat that. You scored at 23 out of 30. I scored at 24 out of 30. So we add those together. It is 47 out of 60. So WWE win by nearly four and a, well, let me work this out quickly here. Four and a half points. When you consider that if we took, forget about the ratings war, forget about the TV, damn it. Last month, WCW were a quarter point away from uh, winning this or drawing it, and now they've gone to four and a half points behind. What is wrong with WCW? I fear it's not going to get any better. <laughs> well, you know, we'll soon see. We might get some changes coming up, but I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> no, I don't know why. But anyway, we talked about what is happening. Uh, of course, this starts a huge week for us now. Cause like I say, Friday, 17th August, WNL 172, W SummerSlam 1998. Then on Saturday, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, live pre-show. And then Sunday, W SummerSlam 2018, live kickoff. But that is everything for today's show, Dan. Anything else? No, that's it. Don't forget, before you go, we can follow us on Twitter at WWNetReview or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Jan Score Rose. Of course, all the Google platforms, WWNetReview on Google Plus. Send us email, WNetPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got funny clips on there. Podcast on YouTube is do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Don't forget to subscribe to our music at Diddly Speaker Radio like I said that's where our live weekend is tune into that Saturday and Sunday and of course Stitch Radio and iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there but that is it I have been James Rollins and as always I was joined by Dan White see you for the highway to hell thanks and bye bye